This episode sponsored by Asylum Comics located at 212 3rd Street in Marriott, Ohio. Asylum Comics has been your trusted source for comics and comic-related merchandise in the Mid-Ohio Valley since 2005. Open Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. New comics released every Wednesday. Pull service available upon request. You're listening to Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi. This is the illustrious Michael. Cliff's just like, I don't know what that sounds like later. Uh, uh, Hi, this is the illustrious Michael Clay. (laughs) Michael Clay. Henry Clay. (laughs) My name is the illustrious Michael Kaysen. You done? Uh, (laughs) Let us know. One more time on your name. Hold a card up with his name on it. I am the illustrious Michael Kaysen. I am Jordan Lowe. Mm, I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Okay, we're going to do... So creepy. <laughs> top movies 2017, according to uh, moi. Boom! Do we need to... Why are we here? I mean, the other... Three Where else are we going to be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we, how, how much behind the curtain do we let people know? Like, do we let them know this is the third episode we've recorded tonight, and it is now one thirty in the morning? No, they don't need to know <laughs> that. No one needs to know that? Uh, we won't tell them. So that. there's no excuse for us being We loopy. wouldn't be sitting here on a Friday night. <laughs> a Saturday morning. Saturday morning at one thirty a.m. recording the third podcast tonight. We wouldn't. That's how committed we are to you. We and also be. to let you set your expectations to a certain level Right. that if this is terrible... That's not our fault. Right. It's, a third it's, it's our overcommitment. Right. To it's your fault. Really. Right. It's your fault for <laughs> demanding so much from us. A little pre-blame here. So no. Hey, the do... year is over. 2017 yeah. is in the books. And one of us saw an awful lot of movies. Right. That's right. I did drove miles and miles to see the best movies the world has to offer. <laughs> And that man is the Poobah. That's right. I've been all yeah. over. The Grand Poobah Awards nominees are coming out. That's tonight. right. Ooh, what do we call them? The Poobahs. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're never gonna get done if we don't start. through that. I'm not giving you my. I'm not giving you my top ten. I'm giving you all of them. All of the movies from 2017 that I saw as as I recorded them. You know, I in put them in little, order. In his little notebook. I yep. just went and put them in order. And, uh, you know, of course things get moved around. They've been moved around even up to today. So this is a snapshot in time. At this moment, I, these are my, the, the order of my. It could my, be different tomorrow, but. It could be. But right now, cause I'm sure I'll see more movies from 2017 
as right. time goes on. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing how many you've seen And there's still already. many, many more. And, uh, yeah, there's still more to get. That's why every time someone I tell someone how many movies I saw from 2017, they say, I didn't know there were that many movies. And I'm like, there are three times that many movies. Well, to, to put it in context, I looked up, because I knew we were doing this tonight, and I looked up, well, I wonder what my top ten would be. And I went to IMDb and like click, you know, you can go by year. And I scrolled through 500 movies, and I had seen 15 of them. So I was going to do my top 10. I was like, well, I could do a top 15, because that's all I've seen in an entire year. Yeah, you weren't hurt by the fact you only saw right, You are right. like, oh, I can do even more than my top 10. Right, right. Yeah, I saw... So the if I don't know if I'm average, above average, below average. I asked, well, like at someone at work, I, I said how many I saw, and they said... Oh, I don't even think I saw a movie in 2017. I was like, "Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see that?" Oh, they'd seen like 25 movies. I was like, "Okay, then stop." Yeah, there and there were definitely some on the IMDb list. I'm like, "Oh, that was 2017." Yeah. Like, it seems some movies seem like so long ago because they're already out on DVD right. or they're out on pay cable. You watch so much stuff streaming. Yeah. These, there's a lot of mov- more movies than you think that you saw. I bet. So, anyway. There's different. Not everyone is perfectly better than the next. There's kind of levels of movies. Uh, that's what I'm I try. Oh, they're in order, but there's still levels. There's kind of like who cares? Kind of these movies are all the same levels type thing. Okay. Uh, so if you guys saw any of the movies that I mentioned, jump in. Let me know what you think. I went to the. I went and saw 34 movies in the theater. Some of them were repeats. You know, and I've seen eight of the nine best picture noms for the Oscars. Especially with the Oscars coming up, it's yeah. nice to have this backdrop you know, so you can watch informed. Right. Where most of us, a lot of these indie movies that drop at the end of December, we don't see, so we're kind of guessing that's along the, with yeah, the Oscars. That's the effort I try to put forward is drive to Columbus, drive to Athens, do go wherever because I want to have seen what the heck they're talking about. I enjoy watching those awards then when I have my own opinion. Um, but I, you know, there's a lot of movies I didn't see, but just say, yeah, Michael's going to draw. Um, so very quiet. I feel I ha- I will have little to do with this one. <laughs> so the total number of movies I saw for 2017. Check mark how many of the ones he's seen that you have seen. Cause I want to know your total, Michael. Okay. I saw 91. Movies oh. from could, 2017. You could fill a poster up. I could almost <laughs> fill a poster up. <laughs> okay. Ma- many of them I saw multiple times. The, one, the ones I really liked, I See, watched that's, more than once. If you skip the Riverdale episodes, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. We're, <laughs> you we're making new inside jokes every Riverdale episode. So that's you, right. You, there can't miss episodes, even if you don't like the show. <laughs> that's right. I don't know why we're doing anything but Riverdale at this point. We're just... I will, I am going to say, you know, like I didn't see, there's, so I didn't, the one movie I didn't see that was nominated for best picture, um, was Darkest Hour. Was that Gary Oldman movie? Just cause it just doesn't look like something I'm interested in. So I bet he's going to win. He probably will win. That's the yes. showiest performance. Is, and the, yeah. From a historical win, playing actor. a real person with You're a long career. He's never won one. I so. totally am on board. 100%. Yeah. I think he's going to win. Um, I didn't see that. I didn't see any Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> there was uh, American Made, The Mummy. I didn't see those. I didn't see uh, Jumanji. I actually, you know, what had no interest, and in all I've heard is good stuff about it, like a fun family movie, you know, but I didn't see that. 
There's a few docks I didn't see. I didn't see Cocoa Cliff. I didn't see Cocoa. <gasps> I don't know. Cocoa Cliff. Cocoa Cliff is your first hashtag. Um, so I am going to say I didn't categorize the documentaries I saw. I didn't rank them with these. So I'm just going to list those off first. But they're not the worst things I saw. But as a few documentaries I saw, the the, the worst documentary I saw was called Casting John Bonet. Ugh. This was on Netflix. It was a it was terribly presented. It was like they were casting actors to do a Jean Bonnet play or whatever, and they were asking their their opinions of what their characters did. You know what? Who who was the killer and all that? It was. I remember you talking about this, and I just it left was, a bad taste. In my it mouth. was not good. I couldn't even watch it. Um. Uh, I, I saw Voyeur on Netflix. It's a story about a guy, um, true story. He was, ran a hotel in the seventies, late sixties, seventies, a little bit in the eighties where he had like a crawl space in it where he could look through the vents into everyone's rooms. I watched the trailer on that and I wasn't, I couldn't figure it out if I wanted to watch this it's or not. It's not very good, but it, it was, uh, I saw that on Netflix. It was probably because you had watched it yeah. on your, your account. It's <laughs> like, hey, so you like this movie, right? Just, yeah. but like, it, no, it, who would watch this? There was some uh, real, a well-known journalist that was covering it and had written a book about it. And, it, and anyway, it was not worth talking about. Too many movies we're going to talk about here. Um, I saw Gilbert, which is a documentary about Gilbert Gottfried. And it's on Hulu at this time. No, I paid for it, but now it's on Hulu. And it's... You know, I don't really care much for Gilbert Godfrey, but it's anybody that you see their actual life, it makes them much more interesting. And I, you know, it definitely made me think more highly of him. He, he gets a, a lot of people really, a lot of comedians really respect him, you know, what he's done. And he, and it was interesting to see his personal life. I would watch that. Yeah. Don't Hulu, you have Hulu. I watched Becoming Bond. That's also on Hulu. It was uh, about George Lazenby, the the one Bond that only did one movie. I think it was on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's that's all, toward the top of my list of Bond movies. That's a well-regarded I always, I always Bond movie. One. Very good one. And it's just him telling his story of how he became Bond and the whole story. It's, it, I thought it was really good. It was He was a very uh, distinguished um narrator of his life and st- and just excellent if you're a bond fan at all you would enjoy this um there was a the next documentary was spielberg on hbo just covering steven spielberg's career and i, I liked spielberg it was very good um icarus was on netflix it was it was a doc about a cyclist talking about um the doping and cycling like Lance Armstrong and he was trying to see he was going to dope and see how much he could get away with and it turned out he ended up getting a guy from Russia to help him a doper and he was the guy that helped the Russians in the Olympics and this blew the documentary turns into this expose of Russian Olympic doping and it's all explained how it worked and everything very interesting and they ended up because of all this getting exposed. They got they got banned from the this upcoming Winter Olympics. But now, as of this time, this just a couple of days ago, they dropped all that, and they're supposed to be back in. I'm sure some of them are fine people, right? Uh, the both sides. Had three people. three more docs. The three best three three best docs I saw were 
uh, Jim and Andy, I liked. You know, that was really good. I and think bizarre. That it was very bizarre. If they, it was very good. If they wanted to make it great, though, the one change I would have made was instead of just watching him be an asshole to everybody, was they should have shown all the comments from all those people. If they would have all been sitting there going, "Give me a break," I mean, that would have made, took it over the top for me. I would like seeing their perspective. Just all these, the, the crew, just over it. Uh, the the most recent one I watched was on I mean it came out several months ago but I watched it on HBO this past weekend did I'd heard of these guys but I'm not a real big country fan at all but I like a certain niche of older style country and almost like a bluegrass and things like that and this was the Avit brothers mm. it's called May It Last and I'd heard of them they toured with Brandy Carlisle a year or two ago and I really like her yeah, they helped kickstart that Americana yeah. Renaissance over the last couple of years. Very good doc about them recording their latest album called May It Last. And, um, I really enjoy it. Gosh, the one brother reminds me of your brother, Jared, uh, Seth Avitt. But they're just really nice guys. The one, the older brother I thought was a little, he knew the cameras were on type thing, but still very enjoyable. And I, you know, I've downloaded a couple of their songs since then because I, I didn't like it all, but I really did like some of it, and it, they're very likable and good. Good doc, and the best doc I saw this year was Too Funny to Fail on Hulu. Dana Carvey show. If you yes, like comedy, that was good. If you like comedy and the ins and outs of it, that was a a good doc about a lot of guys and how up and comers back in the nineties. All right, now we're counting down. The actual movies ranked. We're, we got 82 movies left here. You couldn't bump We couldn't have an even 100. You couldn't, I, you couldn't work a little bit I harder. I could have, but, I, but actually what happened was there was a point a few weeks ago where Let's I go thought... go see Coco and a few yeah, more right. things. Yeah. Well, it was too late for Coco. It was gone. It's never too late for Coco. And I thought... Wonder? That was another I didn't. One. I didn't. But, but I was like... Beast? No, it's on Netflix oh, too. Disney I almost watched out. it. Oh Disney oh, shut out. <laughs> I did think about trying to stuff anything, them in there. Anything with Kevin Hart? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Man. I thought of writing down a lot that more. That could have got you over a like hundred. Yeah. <laughs> this, this list is a farce. <laughs> it really is. Call me out. That's what. That's what I. I've thought all along. This is. It's pathetic, really. Anyway, it's bogus. Um, I did think of stuff and some more in there but then i watched a couple things that were so crappy i was like i'm not just gonna watch garbage to try to fill this list up i will actually most of the things i watched i liked so i would prefer to do it like that so there's no real turkeys you say uh there's a couple okay. i've got I've, we've got 82 movies left. all right 82 justice league no oh. no oh <laughs> no. number 82 basically the worst movie i saw this year was King Arthur colon oh. Legend of the Sword. It was on you HBO. Saw that? I was going to say, you actually like, watched that? I didn't watch pay that for one, You haven't seen Coco. I didn't pay for <laughs> King Arthur colon. Was there any redeemable qualities in that movie or did it all now, This suck? is Guy Ritchie, right? Guy Ritchie. Yeah, like a director I like, but nothing I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, used to could like Guy Ritchie, but this was just horrible. It was... Trying to like make it, you know how he does stuff. It's really weird editing with like contemporary music, and 
I want to like Charlie Hunnam. I loved Sons of Anarchy, but I haven't seen a movie yet with him in it that I really like what he's doing. It's just not working for me. Anyway, that was crap. Pacific Room? Yeah, he did a real standout performance in Pacific Room. Uh, just taking the public domain story and just, it was just garbage. 81. It's on HBO. Going in style. This is one of those, every year there's an old man movie where they take all the old distinguished actors and throw them in and they all have to rob a bank or something. That's what this one was. Going in style. We're going to be dead soon. That's what probably the next one's going to be called. As Mike, Mike, Mike O'Kane, Alan Arkin, Morgan Freeman, directed by Zach Braff. Heist, a heist movie. It was, it's like, guess what, guys? They smoked some weed, and it made them hungry. And it was a lot of hot, hot scenes like that. It was like probably the first time they ever did it, too. Oh, so great. Yeah. 80. Bright. <laughs> I did it. Hey, guess what? That was number 15 on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just spit water out. At the very mouth. bottom of my list as well. I mean, it could have been something. It was. It had all the chances to be something, but then it had like very stereotypical things. I didn't hate it. I mean, it made my top fifteen. I can't say I hate it. What? Yeah. What more do you want? But it just. All the parts were kind of neat, but it just didn't really amount to anything. Is the problem that there was an hour of them running, being found, some sort of fight? They get away. Found. Get away. That's an hour of the movie. Uh, And besides not understanding. The entire wait, you have a wand, but there's a power like well, the, the I mean, mythology yeah. of it made yeah, it zero. I, finding out early on that you know, if some special humans can lift the wand, well, guess what's going to happen? And that's that's it. it's terrible. It, really exciting names like ooh, where do the elves live? Elf Town. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Then we had what happened to Monday. It's a movie on Netflix. I got halfway through that, and I great. It must have been as good as I thought it was. <laughs> I thought the premise, like the whole setup, started for out good, was really good. Numi Rapace, um, she was played multiples of her, she had like seven siblings. Yeah, and in a post-apocalyptic future where you can only have so many kids, so they sent out a different kid each day as they grew up, and they were hiding the rest of them it's at home. All the same actors. Yes. And it was she a, did a good job a, of acting ro- like the different. What? <laughs> it's a roomy full. That's a roomy full of roomies. <laughs> roomy and newmies. A newmies. <laughs> you were there. Roomy there full of newmies. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it had Glenn Close in it, I think, and uh, Willem Dafoe. But yeah, it wasn't good. I had a chance, but it was. Um, Raw is a movie on Netflix. This, I can't decide. Like, yeah. like you watched it, yeah. So. I did. Yep, sure did. Should I or should I not watch it's it? Not it, it seems it's not terrible. It's seventy eight on my list. <laughs> but it's, I have a feeling Michael's list will be inverse yeah, to yours. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, that's why I don't want to say don't watch it because yeah. it was it was like a girl is her family is like vegans and she goes away to college with her sister and as part of a as part of hazing and yeah. fraternity uh, sorority or whatever she has to eat a piece of meat. And then becomes like ravenous for it and cannibalistic. That does sound like a movie he watched. It does. <laughs> and it's a very, if you watch it the right way, it is kind of a dark, darkly comedic. Yeah. And it has a kind of a neat ending, but I, I saw, like I, I saw better movies. I have to be in the right mood to watch something yeah. like that. It's not terrible. 
T2, Train Spotting. Another uh, movie I've been... I like the first Train Spotting. Yeah. This was them older and not as good. Oh. Um, 76, Girl with All the Gifts was a popular book. All the Gifts? Gifts. Not all the gifts. Oh, I, 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 I prefer a girl with more gifts. With all the gifs. Um, it's a zombie movie. I watched it because I heard it was a popular book, had a twist to the zombie story, and, but not anywhere near, didn't, I watched it cause I watched Train to Busan last year and that was such a surprise. I thought maybe I'd good. get another surprise. Surprise, it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, I watched something called Mr. Roosevelt with Noelle Wells. She wrote and this was like her project. She played the girlfriend the first season of Master and None. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was 75. <laughs> Uh, 74 was a movie called Columbus for Columbus, Indiana had John Cho in it. It was like a real thinky mood movie. And you like Columbus, Indiana has like amazing architecture and it was like meshing that with the story of family and all this stuff. And it was very critically liked, but I was bored. Um, I went and saw, I managed to not watch Marky Mark and Patriots Day or Transformers, Sweet. but he did, I did get some Marky Mark in my All the Money in the World, Ridley Scott movie, which was the, which was the big controversy, Kevin Spacey got kicked out, you know, they reshot and Everything. just a couple weeks they reshot mm-hmm. with Christopher Plummer and he is like most of the movie, like that was quite a feat. And he's nominated for Best Actor, which I think is just the fact that they did this. He didn't do anything. He played old crotchety guy. Well, supposedly they did all the reshoots for free. Is that not? No. Well, or is no. There something? They had different contracts. Michelle Williams did it as like a base pay or whatever. And Marky Mark said, I'll do it for a couple million dollars and caught a bunch of flack for it and ended up after that donating it away. Anyway, it was not anything spectacular. Hmm. I had always heard kind of a claim for that one or buzz or whatever. It's supposed to be a big awards magnet. The only thing it's up for is best actor for Christopher Plummer and it, it wasn't anything great. Uh, I saw Fate of the Furious was on HBO a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I was like, ah, I guess I'll watch it because I like some of those. That's got the rock. <laughs> it, it sure does. <laughs> they were, you know, Family first, quarter mile of time. Now you've seen all of this, right? Nah, I, I think I, I didn't see the last one. Maybe, uh, yeah, I think I, I think maybe I have seen them all. I don't know. I liked one of the middle ones, five or six. I liked that was about it. But I like there was some cool scenes in it. It yeah. wasn't totally. There, uh, that's the thing about those movies. Is yeah. There's always it really honestly cool... wasn't like this was the worst one. They're all pretty even. <laughs> <laughs> They're all. They're there all. was some neat. Cars in it, neat ideas yeah. with like self-driving yeah. c- controlled cars and stuff, but. Number 74. Everyone think, that comes out, like the first trailer they show, there's always like, what is happening? Oh, there's like, like, like a ship. Like, yeah, there's something. always really cool, you know, things happening. So, right. what more do you want from a movie? Yeah, this is the one that Dom was like fighting against them and you didn't know why and, you know, you find out why, though, whoop-de-doo. Um, 71. Cure for Wellness. This was a Gore Verbinski weird movie with Dane DeHaan. Like, his boss gets taken away to some retreat, like asylum type place, and he goes there to get him. That's and gets another caught up one in of those it. weird trailers that I've been... Honestly, 
I kind of enjoyed it. It's just too long. Okay. It's one of those, you don't know what's going on. You're trying to figure out the mystery, but they really don't give you enough information. And then when they do, you get it for no reason. Like mm. you, he, the character you feel like should be figuring things out, but he doesn't. People just tell him stuff. And then there's a ending and it's just like half hour, 45 minutes too long. Or it's really pretty movie though. A lot like our podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Only 70 left. We should, have just, we should have just given them answers, but yep. they have to hang on for 45 minutes too long. <laughs> I saw Life. This was the space aliens type movie. <laughs> you with, did? With Rhino Reynolds and... Uh, wow. And, I'm uh, getting stars this weekend for free. I was like, is there anything on? There's nothing on, nothing on. Oh, Life is on at midnight. Nah, even for free. I was like, yeah. nah, no thanks. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, Rhino Reynolds, and Rebecca Ferguson... And it was just like, so many holes and so many <laughs> stupid things people did. Oh, this was the Venom movie. Yeah, yeah. that we were trying so to So we can, can you confirm it has Is nothing it to do with the Venom? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All we need to know. That was the, yeah, that was no, the only, no, I cannot confirm okay. anything. So that's the only reason you should have watched it and you can't even do that. Right. It was, it was, it had an ending that just like, of course, I still can't answer this question. Um, I like it. Lost City of Z, uh, got some acclaim. This is Charlie Hunnam as Percy Fawcett, true story, British explorer, went to the Amazon, discovered evidence of the lost city and lost, you know, civilization, and then comes back and gets funding to go again with his son. And he disappears. Yes. Yeah. And they kind of have their own, explanation of what happens to them you know they've kind of just decided here's what happened to them and it's kind of lost city of z yeah i would really like to watch you should watch it's got robert pattinson in it too it's it huh i like the mythology behind that it's not it's not bad i just don't think he's real great it was was kind of boring has he ever been in a movie where he's actually showed emotion pacific rim Then we had Free Fire. This was the movie I said it was like in the seventies looking. It's on Prime. Uh, it's got Brie Larson, Army Hammer, Cillian Murphy. What's the guy from District Nine? You'll know his name. The Africa guy. Log Camp. Make. I don't know. Borgen. Shal- I'm thinking- Copley. Yeah, there you go. And it's like they're blog talk. They, they meet. <laughs> they meet for a like drug deal or something. I can't remember. But oh, there's a huge shootout. Yeah. That looks pretty good. The whole movie is a shootout. It's not not bad, but it's a shootout where everybody actually like hits each other. Good shot. It's it's neat in that way. And this was the I noticed a trend as I was watching these movies because I happened to watch a few in the same week. Stop. Let's just wait until you guys are done. That was good. Uh, that was so dumb. <laughs> it's alright. So the trend I noticed was, uh, I heard they were, they, they pull a van up when they are sitting there and they've got John Denver. I think it may have been an eight track and Annie's song, like, you know, Type in some Annie song <laughs> And it just like totally doesn't fit But it's the 70s or whatever And then later in the movie They start to van back up And the song's playing again While like some really crazy stuff's happening And I was like John Denver You know yeah, I haven't heard John Denver in a movie for a while Guess what That's the theme of 2017 A lot of John Denver 
Wilson. You saw Wilson. Yep. It was on HBO. Woody Harrelson, Laura Dern. I like them. That's the only reason it's this high. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a little bit high for this crap 67 movie. 67. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fine. I liked them. I thought they were... Did we, ever, did we review it at all on the show? No, it wasn't no. even worth it. Oh, no. okay. He Which and I messaged it? about it. I we thought, saw it. I thought the trailer looked good. Wow. It was yeah, it did. I didn't yeah. think it was that bad. Yeah. It wasn't even great, but it was fine. They do, They both are just show up about every time they're in time. I watched Super Dark Times on Netflix, and it's like a bunch of high schoolers... You know how everybody in high school thinks they're the the outsiders. That's just kind of how they, they, everybody feels. If you look back, everybody was the one that was outside the popular people, and that's how how these guys are. But anyway, they end up out in the woods. One of them brings a samurai sword, and something terrible happens. <laughs> and it turns into a thing about trying to hide what happened. And it had a pretty good ending. It wasn't bad. Not really recommending it but number 65 michael you saw this movie valerian yes well i'm surprised you saw it, it i was uh, surprised he saw it <laughs> yeah i think i may have got a red box for yeah. a couple dollars i love this movie even though it has deadpan acting dane dehan is obviously trying to be keanu reeves yeah he is like he he just talks like he Surfer was, dude, Ke- or like Bill and Ted, Keanu Reeves. He even makes a freaking point. But even break the way, quote. like Clive, o- Clive Owen, is that right? Um, no. What's his name? Him, the, the guy that played the general. I don't even remember. Is it Clive? Let's Clive go with it. Yeah, sure. From now on, Clive Owen is in this movie. <laughs> <He> probably was. <laughs> I don't know. Hours? I was half paying no? attention. I like the girl that plays Laura Lee, yes. Cara DeLevine, or whatever is immensely. Just made the whole first movie. off, the movie is pretty gorgeous, and so some gorgeous. of it looks cheap in parts, but it's a pretty movie. She's like mesmerizing, like not just is she beautiful, but she just you. She's almost weird looking, you yeah, know. I'm right, Clive Owen. Okay, yeah. I just he can't. plays the general. He's he's the guy that and Rihanna's <coughs> in it yeah. and stuff, but the. There's kind of a neat scene at the beginning. First 15 minutes are probably the best part. What was weird was the CGI acting was better than the yes. live acting. Yeah, it was neat, but it I didn't just like, didn't artistically work. amazing, gorgeous. All pretty. <laughs> the discovery we talked about that earlier this year. Last year or whatever, that was the one with Jason Siegel and Rooney Mara mm. and Robert Redford. It was on Netflix and it had the whole... Yes, I like that one thing. too. Jesse Plemons was in there. Still weird. Number 63, The Dark Tower. Sorry, guys. Uh, that was my 13. <laughs> so we're on a... Uh. You, had, you hadn't seen my 14, Pottersville. Right, true, yes. So, well, so we are, the first two, we are lined up. <laughs> All right, I like it. Yeah, um... Dark Tower. Not terrible, but I'm so irritated by it. It's this low because we won't see any more Dark... They took our chance away from us. It's kind of how I feel about it. For a decade, at least. Yeah. yeah, we're robbed for years of a Dark Tower series. Yeah, you guys were super pumped about that. Yeah. They pulled yeah. a Green Lantern. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly. It was a Green Lantern. That's what... That's 
We're now calling it like is it when You're something green happens lantern. like this, you just, we just got green lantern. <laughs> Blackest night. Um, number sixty-two, the killing of a sacred deer. This was your ghost, Lanthimos director. Was the did you see it? I watched the trailer and I didn't feel like I could watch it. He's the guy that did the lobster yeah, last as year. High yeah. as the lobster was on your list last year. Yeah, top this 10. is pretty low for. It's year. just. I still like, I mean, people, they talk so weird. The dialogue is so weird in his movies, but interesting. And it's got Colin Farrell again from Lobster. It's got Nicole Kidman and his kid. They have kids. He's a surgeon. And the kid, there's a, the boy in it that kind of plays the bad guy or whatever is, was in Dunkirk. Um, but anyway. Clive Owen. No. No. <laughs> I don't know his name, but. Basically, the family kind of has to settle up for a curse, and it's a whole dragged-out thing um, that just isn't satisfying in the end. Okay, I enjoyed I, watching it, but that. I didn't like the way... I didn't like where they went with it. Number 61, The Circle, was on something free, HBO or something. This was the feature-length Black Mirror episode, basically, with Emma Watson... Where she went to work for the Circle, which was like a oh Tom Hanks, yeah, oh okay. Tom Hanks, Patton yeah. Oswalt. I forgot that existed. Yeah, they they ran like some sort of social media thing. It was like about exposure and you know everybody being monitored basically, and they were you know adding to that. And it was like I said, it was just like a really long okay Black Mirror episode. <laughs> she did a good job. Number sixty is Wheelman. It's on Netflix with Frank Grillo. That I've been thinking about watching. That. It's not bad. Yeah. He's he's a a driver. Yeah. You know, gets paid to drive for drop offs and stuff like that. It's it's all right. Win it all is also on Netflix. This is with Jake Johnson. It's like a typical poker or or a gambling thing. A guy's got somebody. This guy leaves some money with him. Doesn't want him to spend it while he's in jail. And, of course, he blows it all on gambling while the guy's in jail. And now he's going to get out early. He's got to make it back. But it was entertaining. It was better than all those movies before it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number 58, Kong, Skull Island. (laughs) I liked it. movie was. Brie Larson. But of course, I watched it in IMAX because I know I said that half a million (laughs) times. Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, and the best part of it, John C. Riley. Yeah. I didn't mind. Like, I wish I. I was going to say it's okay to watch once. It's okay to watch like half a time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever see it, Jordan? No. I think it only works in that. Like, the movie. If that movie it's, would have been set in any other time period, it would have been horrible. Yeah. But it was entertaining. To me. Just no character and, made any sense, yeah. and it was just too ridiculous. I don't think the time period made a difference. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it helped it a little bit. There was something. Some of the effects were good. Some of the fight monster stuff was good, but every every actor was just like nuts. Um, Mudbound was a movie on Netflix. This is like a guys get back from the war and the civil war and uh 
it's got Mary J. Blige and is up for best actress. But best yeah, this one actress. got some nominees, oh, yeah. some historic nom- like first I think female cinematographer I think was yeah. nominated. And yeah, it's a uh, it was it was released in theaters and on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's got a uh, gosh, I can't remember the girl's name. I don't know. I enjoyed it. It comes at night. Which sounds like a horror movie, but it really wasn't a horror movie. It was, I mean, it was a thriller. Joel Edgerton and Riley Kehoe. It was a, like a post-apocalyptic paranoid movie. Like, what would you do in the, you know, try and do hoard supplies and worry about whether you let someone in with you and, you know, with your family and things like that. And that's basically it. Not, not terrible. Uh, Gerald's game. Say her name. I always go to you for her name. That was in Gerald's game. Carla. Carla Gugino. <laughs> and Bruce Greenwood, Henry Thomas of E.T. fame, directed by Mike Flanagan, who now will be directing the... Elliot? Huh? Elliot? <laughs> Mike Flanagan will be directing <laughs> Dr. Sleep, which was the not-so-super-great book sequel to The Shining. But... He made something out of Gerald's game, which was I didn't think was possible. Uh, Landline was on, I think it's on Prime. It's a Jenny Slate movie with this uh, director she's worked with before. Her and John Turturro. That's fine. Just a, I think it's set in the 90s. A lot of period movies. Um I preferred Obvious Child was a movie they did together a couple years ago. 53, Justice League. <laughs> My number 11. Ooh, so is there something? So above? there's one between. I'm not sure if you've seen it. I believe that. You should be. Uh, you should ha- like that more than me. <laughs> um, we've, we talked that to death. I didn't hate Justice League. Better than I thought it would be. If screen wouldn't have been falling down, it might have been higher. <laughs> Almost made my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it by one. Almost made my top fifty. <sighs> I'll be um, silent over here. And like, I didn't dislike it. No, I'm not saying either. I disliked it, but looking, comparing it to other movies on my list, I could not put it ahead of anything yeah. else on my list. That's how I felt. Uh, fifty-two, Atomic Blonde. Was that good? Fifty-two. <laughs> We're doing a whole <laughs> two. We're doing a whole thing. Fifty-two. <laughs> Was it good enough? Like I said, most of the movies, as you can see, I even like JLA. Most of these movies I watched. So if people say, from a thumbs down to a thumbs up scale, have we crossed the median point? Yeah, Are we to a thumbs we're, up? We're at the worth oh, watching like, okay. point. Uh, for me, these were worth watching. Obviously. Mo- you know, I, I like, I don't want to go watch garbage, so I'm happy with the fact oh. that the majority, vast majority of the movies I saw I was happy to see. Um, it's Charlie's, John Wick. I mean, that's what it is. It's very British. I think it's set in the eighties. It's, uh, it's like putting on a Pandora British eighties music. You know, is John Wick two on your list? Okay. Yeah. That's what I, is that's what okay. the one you liked less than Justice yeah. League? Okay. Yes. I didn't know if they would see We'll get that. there soon enough. I'm sure. Um, it was all right. It had John Goodman in it. I believe that atomic bond and. There's a, some good action scenes in that movie that, that got it that high. Yeah. 51, Downsizing. That was that Matt Damon, Jason Sudeikis movie 
Um, I think it's Alexander Payne, the director, which I've liked some stuff he's done. It is not what you think it is. Good. Because, you know, I mean, it looks like they're going to take the premise of you shrink yourself down to save the earth and, you know, it's going to, you're going to use, create much smaller footprint and that is like a half hour of the movie. And then there's nothing else to do with being small. That's weird. Yes. You, it, I mean, it's almost like, uh, you should watch it just to see what, mm. what the heck happened. There's a really kind of offensively racist character in that, like, the person, they're not racist, the way they're portrayed is kind of like a character of how you would portray a Asian person. And, but then, I don't know whether that's just the way I perceived it. I don't want to really lay all that on them. Maybe somebody, some people really talk that ridiculous, you know, it was just over the top how they did it. Anyway, it was interesting, but it was not what you think it is. My 50th best movie was Goon, colon, Blast of the Enforcers. It's the sequel to Goon from probably four or five years ago with Sean William Scott. It's a hockey movie and it's got... Leave Schreiber, it's fine. The first one's better, but the first one's an excellent movie. I was probably in my top ten in twenty thirteen or something. But it's this is just a, a sequel. Forty nine. Brad Status was a Ben Stiller movie. I like I like Ben Stiller. You know, most things he's in, he's like very very self-absorbed in this movie having a midlife crisis I say that's where he's like with his son yeah he's trying to get he's taking his son to college yeah. and he's like oh, just overbearing but having a midlife crisis worried about what all the people he went to school are doing yeah. now and you know it's kind of revelatory to his character i thought it's pretty good which we all kind of go through that different right yeah. in our lives he just did a good job in it and mother mother with exclamation point. Mother. I've been trying to decide if I want to watch this or not. Mm. I think weird. you uh, it's worth it's worth watching once. Okay. It is Darren Aronofsky, who I like his stuff, The Wrestlers, Black Swan. See, I didn't know that. I've seen the advertisements for that movie. You don't, they never advertise who directed it because no one apparently right. cares. Every time that makes me want to see it more because okay. I did not know that was his movie. Right. Every time they advertise that, they always did it really weird. It is like extreme symbolism, real extreme obvious symbolism for many things. Like it's he dated. That's Rachel. how they should advertise it. Come right. see Mother. Extreme obvious symbolism for many things. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it's. Uh, You'll talk about it on your podcast yeah. later. Jennifer Lawrence plays mother. They don't have names in the movie. Um, this it's is, so weird. This is a great movie for Michael. <laughs> it's just, they don't have names. So when he says the blonde guy, the blonde guy, the, right? That's the blonde guy with no hair, and that the, girl that looks like Michelle. Oh wait a minute, it is Michelle Pfeiffer? She. They have this house. It's like at the very beginning of the movie, it starts out there's some woman burning, and it's not her. It's not her. It's some other woman. It's like showing like the previous woman to her, basically. And they're they're gone, and now here she is waking up in the bed, and she lives there, and she is Javier Bardem's wife, and he's a writer, 
and he's got his office and he, I mean, it's very obvious symbolism throughout. He, you know, for it's biblical, it's global warming, it's man's, uh, men over women and things like this. It, the whole movie shot either from her perspective, directly in her face or over her shoulder. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer, Ed Harris. It's crazy. It is insane crazy. And it's neat to sit and watch Mark it. Mark it down, Michael. <laughs> Michael writes that. Insane crazy. Right? I want. You didn't have him quite till that. It is so you're just, what's neat is to when you figure out what you think it's about, you will see that in it throughout, you know. It's, is that streaming somewhere? No. I'm intrigued. No. It will be online. It's nuts. Computer. <laughs> He's been saving an email address. <laughs> Lock it um, down. Number 47 was Good Time. It's it like a crime indie movie with Robert Pattinson, who, you know, him and his brother, you know, a, a heist gone wrong, and his brother's kind of mentally challenged, and just everything spirals out of control. It's pretty good. 46, War Apes. Mm-hmm. I bet that's way higher for you. Ouch. Number eight. <laughs> I like the first one. I haven't been in love with the second or third. I, I wanted this higher on my list, but again, just looking, just comparing it to other movies this year, like, I I really liked it, but it was not yeah. what I you know would put to the top. I wanted a lot more out of that. I so. went and watched this with you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was my highlight of hearing his sounds that he was making while watching the movie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> 45 Alien Covenant. This was uh, Danny McBride. I did not get to watch this one. Fastbender. I wanted to. This is still, you know, in the storyline, this yeah. is still prequel to Alien. You know, this is right at this Prometheus. Directly, directly following Prometheus. Yeah. Somebody told me this made Prometheus better. It does. Okay. That's but good. But it still doesn't make this very great. Okay. Like in the same way that Justice League made Batman versus Superman better movie. It does exactly the same. It does drag Prometheus out of the depths, but only up to you know a whatever couple of movies. But does this end where Alien starts? No, there's going to be more. I'm oh, sure, okay. I, I guarantee, guarantee there's another one between this okay. and Alien. Great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's any a, of this making sense? To there's you, a Cliff? plot point oh, yeah. that. Where it, where someone sings John Denver, <laughs> Take Me Home Country Road. You know, it's very John Denver, and I was like, yeah. I was hoping, hello, my baby. Hello, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, 44, Personal Shopper, which is kind of, a, I didn't expect to like, but it was, I liked, I liked what, Robert Pattinson's done lately. I mean, these guys have elevated since Twilight. Pattinson is in more movies than The Rock this year. (laughs) But he's not in this. I'm just saying, was him, I was talking about him because (laughs) Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart, (laughs) Kristen Stewart's in this, and this is probably one of the better things I've seen her in. Like, she's actually actually showed emotion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was, it was good. It was like she, her brother has, twin brother has died recently. She is a personal shopper for some really rich woman. The and, Cheryl Blossom story. Yeah. Yeah. And she, her and her brother were mediums. And so she's trying to like 
talk to her brother and it's it's pretty good. Um forty three, Okja by Bong Joon Ho, or as we Bong's like to call Dragon. it Bong's Dragon. That's correct. That's a long I swear time you would like this. This is Maybe. this is a Disney movie. No, it's not. Yes it is. Pete's is Dragon. A, that's a Disney movie. <laughs> This is a Disney movie, I swear to God. Is this about the animal they created or yes, something? Yes, the scientifically yeah. engineered pig hippo, super pigs is what they call them. And they sent them out around the world to let them be raised. You know, and this one that we're following, Okja, is in Korea. And raised by this little girl and her grandfather. And then, like, ten years later, this company wants to bring them back in. They're gonna, they want to manufacture them and solve the hunger crisis. And she doesn't want them to take her pet. And it's very absurd. It's got a bunch of people. Jake Gyllenhaal plays the weirdest character you've ever seen. Uh, it's got Tilda Swinton, Paul Dano, Stephen Young. Um, gosh, it's got a bunch of people. There's a chase with this super pig through a, <laughs> through a mall that... At one point, it just at like the craziest point, it goes into slow mo and plays John Denver Annie's song. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What is happening?" Every movie I see has John Denver in it. John Denver is punking you from beyond the grave. Number forty-two, John Wick two. Hmm. What number was that for you? 14? Uh, Twelve. Twelve okay. between Dark Tower and Justice League. It. I wasn't over as over the moon as everybody else was about John Wick 1. So I thought it was fine. It was a good, updated, mm. slick action movie. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, this was right on par with that. I thought it built on the mythology, even though it was crazy. That's what I like best about that movie is the weird... Uh, you know, this uh, ancient system of coins. Of, you're just like, no way. Am I supposed to believe this? <laughs> right, or just yeah. take it complete face value? Like, yep, that's how you'd do this. <laughs> you'd have a, you know, a, a, a gold coin that you cash in your chip, and there's a secret hotel society. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> right. okay, cool. I'm I like you. to believe this is sure, going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best part to me. Common is in it. Kind of one of the guys against him, and there's a just in a public area. They're having a complete shootout with silencers that nobody knows what's <laughs> going like, on. They're yeah, just they're like <laughs> sneaking. It's like no one can see this. No, yeah. the best the best part is when he gets slight spoiler, he is the hunter becomes the hunted. Yeah. You know, he gets a, a marker called on him or whatever. And literally everyone on the street is giving him like the shifty side eye. Like everyone on the uh-huh. street is an assassin. Right. And he's like old ladies and little kids in strollers and stuff. They're like, oh there he is. And it's got the whole thing where there's a gentleman's club part of the underground thing and that's the only place you know it's like the safe zone or wherever you can go in so it's it's neat i enjoyed it 41 we're halfway there <laughs> club's gonna go to sleep stronger this was jake gyllenhaal playing jeff bowman true story this is the oh, guy the tw- 2013 boston bombing he lost both his legs and it's kind of the, you know, I'm sure Patriots Day was about how Marky Mark saved everybody, but this was about the guy that got injured terribly and him having to deal with it afterwards as he was made like a symbol for the city and how he was dealing with it and maybe, you know, how it really affected him, probably not so well, you know. Yeah, it was, it was good. Good performance. 
40 Lego Batman. Sweet. Did you even see that? I did. No, but we put a call out on the Facebook page and asked people what their favorite movie of 2017 is. And the legend, Logan Vinoy, my buddy, answered Lego Batman. It was his top movie I of the year. I could absolutely believe that. It was a, it was a, it was the, the, I mean, Lego, the Lego movie was, yeah. I, think it was I think it was in my top ten that year. It's just, to me, that is a highly superior because of the twist and the meta commentary of being a strictly by the rules person or whether you just use your, throw your Legos together and all, you know, just say, that was a great movie. Lego Batman is, it's, it's really good too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, this was really good. I, I, a lot of great moments in it. If you liked the Lego movie, you'll like this. Um, thirty nine. Was that Bat- Batman better than the original or worse? Batman better than the original. Did one. you like it better than the original? Then, did you see it? Did then you the Lego it? movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're about equal. I didn't. I didn't especially care for either one. <laughs> That's <laughs> not, not Disney. Disney. I forgot. It's You're not right. Disney. I forgot. Not awesome enough for you. No. I think one. This one of the most recent movies I saw was Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. That's about Wonder what? Yeah. Bella Heathcote, Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall. They all give really good performances. And it is not... I mean, it's not about Wonder Woman. I mean, it's about them <laughs> and their their polyamorous... Role. I mean, it is. Uh, and it, it is... It's about influencing the creation of Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, it sounds really, like it's a little bit more explicit than what you thought it was. Gonna yeah, be. it's it's about their polyamorous relationship, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it went down exactly like this, <laughs> but they're very you know they were very ahead of their time what they thought was okay, and it cost them some jobs and stuff. But I mean, it was really interesting. I I like it and just the. You know, I know you guys think are aware of this way more than I was, and I knew it, but just the whole thing about the lie detector and the lasso of truth and, you know, like this guy invented the, the lie detector. Yeah. You know, and that, and to use that idea on the lasso of truth and the character it created, and then the melding of these two women he was with into the character of Wonder Woman and all about all the bondage and everything in the comics, but this was not as much very little about the comic and more about their lives influencing the comic. Yeah, because this guy wrote like scholarly essays about how women should be in charge of the world and, you know, a, a completely feminized society would be better for everyone and like just so influenced by his wife's thinking and his wife's philosophy that, you know, women weren't writing comics back then, but, you know, she basically set the tone for the whole character of Wonder Woman, the, these, these women in his life. I just think... If somebody's watching it because they're a Wonder Woman fan, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, you're not going to get a lot of Wonder Woman, but it is really good background, I think, for how the character was created. And they show, you know, they do give at the end a lot more information what happened after, you know, how the movie ends and just the true story and pictures of them and stuff. And it just seemed like that's really basically how it went down. Only they're way better looking in the movie, <laughs> but it, it, I, I did enjoy it. Um, number 38, Michael saw this, the disaster artist. Yes. We got, it's up for best adapted screenplay from the book 
Franco, disaster artist. But it's shut out. What it's not up. What he's not up for is best actor, which he wo- he won the Golden Globe. But then there was all this controversy, and I don't think the guy deserves to be best actor anyway. It's like a comedy routine of him acting like this guy. How is that an I mean, Oscar worthy? Time, yeah, yeah, a lot of times you get nominated for playing someone in real life. Oh, look how committed he is to the part and doing that Jim Carrey method thing. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. So, but I, you know, this just seems it's like a Saturday Night Live yeah. performance. I'm not saying I didn't like the movie. I just think his performance was nothing that they should have got give, be giving awards for. That was ridiculous. And I'm really in the air about Tommy Wiseau himself. Yeah. That I don't know if he's someone to celebrate or to make fun of. Like, well, exactly. I don't get where. Well, what's the message to me is, yes, if you try your best and have a bottomless pit of money, you can make a movie. That's what, I mean, the message is supposed to be, you know, what they're trying to do is like, we don't need Hollywood. We're going to do it ourselves. But this guy just had a bunch of money. So that's how I got to do it. <laughs> Stuff like this always scares the crap out of me because you see how many times of these people that pursue their dreams and you think they should have never, ever done that. Right. <laughs> it's not I'm, like he... I'm waiting for that to happen to me. <laughs> I mean, he made this, made this creation. When James Franco Jr. Yeah. makes the Michael K. Easton biopic. Mm, yeah. He makes, it creates this thing that. The illustrious artist. <laughs> that, that the only reason it's a hit is because it's terrible. Yeah, because it beca- it's yeah. so bad. It's, right. it's good. I bet you've got it in you. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. And at the end, they, Showed, like, they show yeah. the like they you, the scenes you saw throughout the movie where they recreated scenes from the room. I mean, I'm not gonna. You should if you listen to this. We probably talked before what this is about, but they show scenes that they recreate and they show side by side with from the room. Why? I don't even. It just seemed like yeah. yippee. You went to the same location. <laughs> Look you how created perfect the same we did thing. this. It just wasn't. It was very unfulfilling to see that. I was like, this really doesn't impress me. Of course you can and do this. the fact that at the very end, they did not shed, like as you're saying, they did not shed any light on that guy or no. how he's still working with the that actor or whatever. Like, they're still doing stuff. They're just, oh, so I did, did we get any of, like, Tommy's insecurities or, or was it I all I will say this. The best part to me, what you're saying I kind of disagree with, I think the... Him and the, his friend, yeah. who is played by Dave Franco, their relationship, their friendship, and they're still friends today. Yeah. Like, that was the best part of it. Like, they were friends to the end. This guy really supported mm-hmm. Tommy and w- w- just was impressed by him, but then realized what he was and still accepted him. I'll be your friend to the end, Michael. There you go. That's how I was thinking. Was like, <laughs> That's how the story's going to play out. Yeah. Drag me along with you. It's worth watching though. It is. I didn't, I would not, I would still say if you had an interest in watching it, watch it because I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was funny. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. It just wasn't this. I don't think the story is as inspiring as they try to make it out to be. 37. This movie is up for best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, best supporting actress, best original screenplay, best score, best sound, shape of water. Gamera del Toro, Sally Hawkins, Gam- Richard. Gamera del Toro. What's that? Yes. Gamera del Toro. <laughs> Gamera. Guillermo. Um, they, Richard it's Jenkins is Gugino. great. 
<laughs> I want some pizza. I uh, um I like the movie. It just this is is it slow? this is probably one of, of the two movies I say that have the best chance of winning best picture. Hmm. Um and it's number 37 for me. I I I did like it. It's a fairy tale. Um it's the effects of the creature, you know, you know it's this you know, underwater creature it is beautiful. You know, it's like a, what do they call that one? Practical effects. Yeah, but there is some CGI on it and stuff. And there's so many weird fairy tale type scenes. And I mean, there's a, some human and fish sex going on. <laughs> and, and, you know, even Sal, they like Sally Hawkins is naked in it a couple times, but it's so not. Yeah, it was like striking the way they did it. Like I loved it because she's just like a, you know, she's a normal woman. And they didn't do like you normally see in a movie when they show a girl naked. It's like up close shot of her boobs, her arm, her leg. This is just like a, it's just her. And it's very tastefully done. And I enjoyed the movie. Fish eye lens of like peeking out through the water. Fish (laughs) guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's. It's good. There was a lot. I it's so far down on my list because there was so much good stuff this year. I that's the only reason because I really did like it, but I I don't love the fairy tale feel to it. And I had the problem blanking on his other big movie, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth, that everyone went gaga for. Yeah. And when I watched, I'm like, this was fine. I right. liked it. That's so that's my feeling with this one. When I see it, I don't feel like I'm going to be as wow. Yeah, I agree. It's the same type of thing. Honestly, the thing I give him the most credit for is the way he uses color and things. There's all, it's so obvious, like contrasting colors and, um. He has a legit shot for best director, you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if he I'd like to see him win, cause he's, you know, he's, he's a good dude. It's not, yeah. Yeah, the guy who made Blade 2 could win an Oscar. That'd be, that would be some justice. Right. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. That's what I'm trying to get a point across. It really is good. It's just not from... I didn't love it. 36, Shimmer Lake. This is just a rando movie on Netflix. Yeah, nobody's heard of. Yeah, I've never heard Number of it. Number two on my list. Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, Shimmer Lake. I don't remember who's in it. Do you ever just go through his Netflix queue and it's like... See what he's watched here lately. Uh, man's Netflix queue is sacred. That's I, right. I would never we are separated by our our login avatars, and that's as far as you I go. Would David. Never abuse that trust. I just, anyway, I just think, you would lock me out of yeah, the- right, right. I just I just look and see it's suggesting more Bigfoot to me. I'm just gonna let it go. Um, Shimmer Lake is just a dark comedy bank rob- robbery on Netflix that is told. Memento style. Hmm. And it was surprisingly enjoyable. Uh, you know, I mean, it's worth watching. 35, the Ma- the Merowitz stories, new and collected. That was the, gosh, who was the director? It was, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. He did Francis Hall. What'd you say? <laughs> we know. Noah Bombach. Noah That's right. It was a uh, Ben Stiller. Adam Who said Sandler. it first? Who won? <laughs> I think you did. Okay. Uh, Blog Adam Sandler. <laughs> Noah blocked off. 
<laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Um, just about the dad that they're all. Yeah, it's basically all about this dad and estranged. Fa- their estranged family and all their problems and everything. And it's I enjoyed it. It was a lot of good dialogue and relationships and. You know, I I thought whenever you see Adam, it's you know kind of one of those things deals where he gets credit because he's so stupid in other things. When you see Adam Sandler do something like Punch Drunk Love or this, it looks so great because it's such a contrast. You know, but I thought he was good in it. Good stuff. Um, thirty four, the post. Did you say you saw the post, Club? Nope. Oh, thank you. Um, did anybody else see the post? This was the Pentagon Papers, Tom Hanks, and Meryl oh, Streep. I actually would like to see that. It's up for best pick, I believe. Uh, best actress, of course. Meryl Streep always gets nominated. Uh, basically, Steven Spielberg said he doesn't have a Facebook or Twitter, and he wanted to comment on the current political situation. <laughs> um, it's about Kay Graham and the Pentagon Papers and Ben Bradley my hacks is all when Washington Post was nothing. It was a, basically a tabloid, and they had to choose between following tabloid type things and backing up the New York Times, who had released these Pentagon papers. And she had to make a choice. She was running the paper. It was given to her. Her father had the paper, gave it to her husband, which she thought was fine. And then he died, and. She never expected to even be in this situation. It really wasn't what I expected to be a strong woman. It was more a woman out of her depth that decided to actually, you know, become strong. So she really did give a good, pretty good performance. Big surprise. The post is like the BuzzFeed of its day, kids. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. But it was pretty good. Yeah, 50 years from now we're going to get a movie about like BuzzFeed or one of these websites <laughs> and their oh, integrity. It was pretty, it was pretty good. <laughs> Nick and I went and saw it. But after, hole the movie. Afterwards I said, uh, Nick, if you want to watch a better newspaper story, um, let's watch Spotlight from a couple years ago. Um, with that's It's on Netflix. Really good newspaper movie with Mark Ruffalo and Michael Keaton and... He, we went home, watched that like a day or two later, and he's writing a report about it in school for his film class. So, it, you know, it was, he's like, that was way better than the, the blue and gold and get it out there. <laughs> yeah. It right. was going to be a major problem, let me tell you. That's all about the Catholic Church and the priests messing with kids in Boston around, back around 9 11. Um, number 33, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Love you forget movie. you watched that or is that what's on Number 10. Number 10. Again, pretty much we are pretty online. Pretty That's much online. <laughs> this was... I need that app you're using. Give me, give me your, no give me your login. All in here, give me your really. login. <laughs> um, uh, directed by Macon Blair, he starred in a couple movies of Jeremy Solner's movies we've talked about over the years, Green Room and Blue Ruin. This is him, his directing debut, I believe. Melanie Linsky, Elijah Wood, basically, people are crappy and she's sick of it. And it was well done. It contained the best line of any movie this year. (laughs) That's how hard I threw it. Exactly. (laughs) So if you haven't seen that yet, it's worth it to see Elijah Wood utter that line. We all recommend it. Yeah, it was good. 
I love the characters. The, the yeah. plot was okay, but I, the characters are what made this movie for me. Yeah, excellent movie. Uh, 32, Battle of the Sexes. This is a true story. 1973, Emma Stone plays Billie Jean King. You really like her to rank it that high. Billie Actually, Jean King? Yeah, I love <laughs> Billie Jean King. I don't know. I think she's pretty good. Yeah, was it really that good of a movie? I enjoyed it. I'm, tell- I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Uh, she was playing the number one female tennis player, and the, at the time, females were getting paid way less. What? Yeah, believe it or not. Ancient So strange compared mm-hmm. to today, right? And Steve Carell plays Bobby Riggs, who was the X-Men's champion. He was out of the out of it. But it's not fair to play an X-Man. <laughs> really? <laughs> but he, he was... I didn't know... I mean, I knew the story, but I didn't know anything about his... About Bobby Riggs. Really. Yeah, me neither. And his, Carell's performance I saw in trailers and stuff, he seemed way over the top and silly. And I don't so, know anything about the guy, yeah, what so to tell I, you. I, I, I will I, say this, he seemed like a way better guy than what I thought. Mm-hmm. I, it seems basically that the story is he was very about the men being better. And it in reality, at he least was, the story they're telling, it was a lot for press. He's just playing the heel. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Right. And... The best part about it, besides the fact, oh, and she was like discovering, you know, about being, you know, lesbian, and that was a good part of the story. But the best part was the end when they have their match. They don't try to recreate it; they just show the match, the real match. Oh, okay. And when, except when there's like any part of tennis being played, is the real match. Okay. They might show them in between things. But that was about. I, I thought that was a really good way to do it instead of trying to have them reenact it. Number thirty-one. I went to Athens to see my friend Dahmer. Was the movie version of Durf Back Durf's book, um, which I I love. The book the movie was a good ab- adaptation. It didn't blow me out of the water, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was as good as you could do, and they had a. He was in Columbus. Yeah, there was a thing you wanted us to go to in August or September that he was going to be at in Columbus. Oh, Cartoon Crossroads. Yeah. yeah, and I guess while he was in Ohio, or I don't even know where he's from, but he was got close enough that they got a signed copy of the book, and you could put your email down or whatever to get a ch- Anyone that saw My Friend Dahmer in Athens had a chance to win it, and my nephew Colton won it. Oh, really? Yeah. Me and him and Nick went and saw it, and he won the signed book, and I'm gonna get it from him somehow <laughs> he said he said oh well i'll sell Dio, so i'll probably buy it from him uh 30 call me by your name this is up for best picture best actor best adaptive screenplay this is a movie set in the 80s in italy it's up for you know, a lot of awards, like I said, it's got Timothy Chalamet, who you've probably never heard of, and Army Hammer, um, Michael Stuhlbarg, who's in everything and does not get enough credit. He was in, uh, Shape of Water. Um, this is, he's really good in this. He plays a way over understanding father, <laughs> but it's, he's a professor, I believe, and his family's summering in Italy and a, uh, Army Hammer comes and he's like an intern for him and Timothy Chalamet plays the son and they kind of develop feelings for each other and it's a you know coming of age realizing he's 
gay and them trying not to do anything they shouldn't be doing, but it it was just a good movie. It's getting a lot of you know talk, and I could see somebody wanting something for it. It was all around good, but some of it was just a little there. At one point, somebody talks a peach. <laughs> You're gonna have to put a beep in there, but that happens, and not in the funny, exciting Jason Biggs American Pie way. <laughs> Anyway, very something. But Michael Stuhlbarg, <laughs> he's writing that down. I've <laughs> never, never seen that before. Um, I have. I've seen it. Um, they, uh, <laughs> Michael Stuhlbarg, who plays the dad, gives like a very, there's a very short monologue in, at the end that he talks to his son and it's a really good, he just really delivers. The few lines he has there does very well. And it's just such good advice, apparent giving. And I don't know. I just thought it was good. It was 30th. 29. Ingrid goes west. Did, uh, it's on Hulu now. Does anybody know what that is? This was the Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen. Aubrey Plaza plays like an Instagram stalker. She, she, you know, just wants to be friends with a famous person basically and goes and, uh, stalks Elizabeth Olsen who probably has, you know, like so many hundred thousand followers on Instagram and it's just kind of a psych, almost like a single white female. Was that the name of that movie with, yeah. You know, it's better than Bridget I thought. Bridget Fonda. Yes, Bridget Fonda and I couldn't tell you the other one. Oh, it's Jennifer Jason Lee maybe, which. Yeah. Yes. Clive Owen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyway, it's better than I thought it was going to be. 28. Logan Lucky. Did you see it? I almost saw it. He almost almost saw it, folks. I've almost seen like (laughs) 85 of these movies. (laughs) (laughs) Almost? Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, Daniel Craig, Raleigh Keough. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. He did, of course, Ocean's Eleven, and this is... Basically, Ocean Seven Eleven. <laughs> it is set in West Virginia. You were saving that. Yeah, they actually say it in the movie. Uh, um, it's a couple brothers try to rob the till at a NASCAR race, Charlotte Motor Speedway. They're West Virginians, and I think what I would say to someone in our area, we're very close to West Virginia. <laughs> yes, You're in, in, West, in Virginia. West Virginia, right? <laughs> oh, I am. Oh my god. <laughs> I better be careful. It, it's not, it is, it's not making fun, uh, really. I thought it was well done. They do make them hick-ish, and, but they also make them smart. You know? When it passed the test of my doctor friend. What was your pet test? Who, she examined my redneck comic book. Oh yeah. I think so. Anyway. I thought it was pretty good. Free, more free of cliches, we will say. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, there was, there was some stuff, like I said, they did try, they did, it was a funny movie. And so, yeah, they did have some hillbilly redneck stuff, but for the most part, they really were portrayed as real people who real. yeah, so what if they freaking sing John Denver, take me home country road twice <laughs> in the movie and it is a huge plot point. <laughs> 
well, big ending to the movie. West Virginia's theme song. Exactly. And I was like, of course. And it's, it was touching. It's probably the best use of the song. What's really funny is Seth is going to go home and dream about John Denver yeah. tonight. Oh, trust me. I have heard that song a lot. John Denver and the Muppets. I thought, anyway. That was a thing. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah Grandma's Feather Bed. There's a whole Christmas yeah. album. Oh, yeah. Um, It's good. Okay, 27. Thor. Woo. Ragnarok. That was my number nine. My next lowest <laughs> ranking. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> we're on base. <laughs> I know where we're going to get separated, but, but that's just... Um, There is one that you'll rank way higher than me, I think. Um, It's... It's... I don't know it's what I didn't love Thor about it. I don't, ever. it wasn't, I know that when I saw it, it wasn't colorful where I saw it and I, and I, that may just be the theater. I can't help but that hurt it for me. It was extremely colorful where yeah, I Yeah, I wish it. that it looked like Guardians of the Galaxy to me, uh, but it didn't. Um, and I was super hyped, of course, for Taika Waititi doing it, but I don't know. I, I, I really did like it. It just was maybe, I think it was too funny. I don't know that I can point out one or two things that were wrong with it or didn't oh. work or I didn't I like. I think we just had too high of expectations. I mean, it could be. Yeah. It just felt like I. it took away some of the credibility of these characters to be so funny. For once, I'm going to agree with Seth. It, it, did ha- it had too much humor. It took you out of the story. But I still like that they yeah. tried it. And I would I wouldn't mind him doing another Marvel movie like that. It helped Thor, the movies, I think. I mean, they're, they're all fine, but the, this was the best one. But it just, yeah, I think we covered it. 26, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. I was wondering if this was going to be on your list or not. Well, do you like John Denver? Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Uh, um, They play Take Me Home four times in the movie. Wow. Um, And a character sings it, so I consider that a plot point. So how high was your original Kingsman? Did you like the original one? Okay, this this is, I was, this is high on the list. It's really high. The first one, I didn't think I would like, and I was surprised that I did. Mm -hmm. This one, this one, I was sure I wouldn't like, (laughs) and I was surprised that I did. These continue to surprise me. It's like a ridiculous James Bond movie. Everything's super slick, but the acting's good, ridiculous tech, fun. You know, the, all the effects are good. I mean, they, they do it right. I, I'm, I was so, it's so, honestly, I think it might be that I have such low expectation mm-hmm. for both of those movies. And both times, impressed. I enjoyed it. It's also, a l- little tidbit. Above huh? Thor. Yeah, really. I enjoyed this movie more than Thor. Now, like I said, this is a snapshot in time and I haven't seen Thor again. I could easily watch, I almost always, the thing I saw most recent moves up. <laughs> like if I just kept watching movies, they would just keep switching places. Um, this was also very stuck out. They play Let's Go Crazy in this song. I mean, in this movie at the beginning, um, Prince. And it sticks out because you have never heard a Prince song in a movie before. Oh, well, yeah. He Purple died, Rain. though. Guess yeah. what? He died. Oh, geez. And I've, now. I've seen Purple Rain. <laughs> Slam! Slam! You burnt me. True. Other than that, Batman. Yeah, oh. But he does not did not let his music out. Yeah. Other than him being super involved with it, and this is 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. Let's make some art. <laughs> anyway, his family or whoever has his estate is willing to sell off. So we're probably going to oh, see a lot more of that. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. Number 25. This is kind of, I'm surprised. The next couple of movies, I'm surprised they're this high, but they were. Um, the Beguiled, Sofia Coppola directed remake of a 1971 movie, The Beguiled, that I watched this year mm. to compare them with Clint Eastwood. Um, this one has Colin Farrell as that character. It's like, I believe it was a Union soldier in the South. Gets injured during the Civil War and is taken in at this plantation by a group of uh, women that have like a, they're just raising a bunch of women. And, you know, all the men are off at war and they kind of hide him while he heals. And it's very like they, you know, well, either Clint Eastwood or Colin Farrell, that these women haven't seen a man for a while and they're, they're beguiled. They are beguiled. And it was good. It was very, you know, like everybody fighting, you know, subtly trying to meet with him and things and him using them. And basically, and then the red resolution is pretty good. So it's like The Bachelor. It is. It's like mm, The Bachelor. It That's is right. The Bachelor. That's true. I tried to come up with a hashtag there, The Big Bachelor. <laughs> okay. 24. Michael saw this movie. Colossal. You remember that? It was such a weird, strange movie. It is a very weird, strange movie. And Does anybody remember this? this is Anne Hathaway, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, yeah. So it's another one of those movies that the trailer does not... It's so far removed from the trailer. Yeah. I don't know if it deserves to be this high. But it's it's it was so different, I, I just really liked it. I mean, it definitely has a good plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> Not much I can say about it. They, she realizes that, you know, while, you know, she's having like a tough time in life. And meanwhile, in the news, there's like a kaiju type monster in Korea knocking down, coming out of the water and knocking down buildings. And it's a metaphor type thing that we'll all understand when we see it. Yeah. Yeah. And the twist with the Jason Sedakis character or whatever to me, it, is what became very interesting. Yeah. Because he is playing, you know, a friend to her, a shoulder she can lean on, but it's so weird. And then when you realize, I mean, this isn't a twist. I'm not really giving anything away here. There's a twist later. But this part, just the fact that he is just the guy that, like, has feels like he put in the time, has earned her. Why is she not with him? Uh, friend zone. Oh, yeah. It's so that. It's just like, it's the first time I've really seen that done. It's like, look, I'm, I've been this guy all this time. Why aren't yeah, you? Cause n- movies normally reward that. That's right. where we get that idea. That's exactly. That the nice guy can win over the girl just by being nice and she'll learn the jerk she's with is, yeah, that's the movie formula that has 99.9% warped us all. So that's so good to see it. This really there. stuck out because they did the opposite. So that's what I liked so much about it. And then how it ends. Have you seen um, Jason Sudeikis in on Netflix a movie called Sleeping with Other People? It's in yes. my queue. That's a really good movie. Yeah, it is. But that, that is, just reminded me of that movie. It's got Allison Brie in it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. Good. I'll watch it now. It I've is. had it sitting there because yeah. I like both of them. But I haven't watched, watched it. It's it. from a couple years ago. We yeah. watched it last weekend. 
Yeah, I will watch there's that. Very, like, he's one of those actors that there's very few things that I have not liked you don't, him in. Yeah. yeah, I like, like him. He's always, yeah. But he always plays Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. That's the only thing. Like Allison Bree's really he good in that movie. He doesn't, though. Yeah. He doesn't do that in Colossal. He's playing no, a different guy. Um, number 23 is, is Dung. Is that available anywhere? Uh, uh, Colossal may be on it, Hulu. As I say, I think it's on one of those. It, I know it that. was on Prime at one time, but it may be on Hulu now. It might know. even be on Netflix now. One of those It's two. not. Yeah. Okay. Um, number 23 is Dunkirk. This was, of course, this is up for best picture, best score, best sound, um, probably best director. I don't know. It's uh, Christopher Nolan's war movie. It's basically looks to me like here's my movie. I want to win an Oscar for, and it's gorgeous. And I went and saw it in the theater because that's the way it should be seen. It's got a. I'm gonna. There was a twist to it that. I'm going to expose because you get it, you find out one minute into the movie. They tell you this. It says that there's three different things going on. One of the stories takes place over a week. One takes place over a day and one pl- takes place over an hour. Um, and they're all happening simultaneously as the story is being told. So it, you're, you know, but they tell you up front because they know it's going to be confusing. It was kind of a neat way to tell the story. It's gorgeous. It's a war movie. Everybody gives a great performance. Mark Rylance is in it, and even Harry Styles is good. And, um, it's all good. I don't know if it will play as well as home at home. The fact that it was so beautiful and the sound was so neat. Oh, Tom Hardy's in it. Maybe has I don't even know if he says anything honestly, but it's just like gorgeous. But I could easily see me never watching it again because. It wasn't like exciting. Kind of like Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, like it was just this gorgeous thing to see on the screen. Yeah, watch it one time. Never watch that. It was it was better than Avatar. I would not. No. No one ever watches it ever again. Yeah, I certainly won't. But anyway, some people watch. Yes, (laughs) people do. Anyway, it was a little bland, but was worth seeing in the theater. I mean, it's it's still high on my list. What? <laughs> 22 is Brigsby Bear. Oh. Anybody make it to that? No, I wondered. Kyle Mooney, Mark Hamill. I can't remember. His, his, the stuff he does on Saturday Night Live does not jive with me, so it seemed <laughs> like a full-length, weird Saturday Night Live bit. Remind me what this was. This was the one... Well, I can't really... I don't want to spoil it. But basically, he's really into a show called Brigsby Bear that's obviously a homemade show. Very low budget. Like the bear rides around in spaceships and stuff. And he, You would like this, Michael. Okay. I have no doubt. What's it called? Brigsby Bear. I, the, that's easily recommendable for me to you. Okay. Um, my, o- my only complaint about it, it was very heartwarming. I will say say that I I did we really enjoyed it, but it has no teeth. Everything is just a little too easy. Mm-hmm. Twenty one, the Phantom Thread, well, not the, just Phantom Thread. Daniel Day Lewis, um, it's up for Best Pick Director. Paul Thomas Anderson did 
lots of interesting movies. The Master, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, uh, There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood. Um, I, nothing I've seen of this movie lets me know what it's about. So I have I couldn't describe to you anything that it could right. could could possibly be about. It's about a guy who hymns dresses. Fifties London couture. Okay. And Catholic. Sheep. It's it's about it's the same type thing as what I've said before about there will be blood. The first time I watched it, I felt like that's it. Hmm. And the next time I watched it, when I have no expectations, it's like such a character study. That's not a selling point. To I me. know, yeah. I know. I'm a, I just like that's is much higher on other people's list, but I did really enjoy it, and I kind of was in a, and more after I left thinking about it, and knowing what I saw, you know, thinking back at things. There's just so much subtlety. It's gorgeous. The soundtrack is great. P- piano music, and he gives just a he just unrecognizable from one thing he does to the next. As playing characters, who knows if I'll ever do anything again. I got a bunch of who, hooey. I think he will, but the other performances in it are great also. It was weird that they introduced Jar Jar in it, though. Phantom. <laughs> Phantom. <laughs> Phantom. There was that. I thought you Phantom were going to make thread. a hooey, dooey, Louie <laughs> <laughs> reference there. It's kind of a sadistic love story. Um. It's, I mean, they even kind of joke it. They made his character named him, uh, gosh, I almost want to say Remington Woodcock or something. It's just like a very re- crazy name. They were like, haha. Very similar it. to Remington Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. May not be Remington. What a ridiculous I have, name. I may have screwed, screwed up. <laughs> it probably isn't Remington. It's something Woodcock. Phantom Ogre. <laughs> the Phantom Ogre. I think it starts with R. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, somebody look it up. Number twenty, Lady Bird. Oh, we had that on a somebody's. <laughs> we had that on somebody's list that chimed in. Mister Corey Spanner of Hollywood, California, local man is out in Hollywood working in the film industry, and he gave me two for his top ten that were tied, and Lady Bird was one of them. It's a good movie. I gotta look up what this guy's name was. Reynolds Woodcock. Sorry, I knew it was an R. Um, Lady Bird, yeah, this is Greta Gerwig. She was kind of. She she, starred, what was her name? Like Random Bull or something? (laughs) She was always in the Noah Baumbach movies. He kind of built her up. Now this is her directorial. (laughs) Did it take you that long to get it? It did. Cliff's on a 30 second delay. It's really late. Uh, best picture, best director, nomination, best original screenplay, Saoirse Ronan. And this was making a lot of money based off of its budget. Like, I'm sure it didn't cost anything to make. Yeah. Lori Metcalf, who was just, um, Jackie on Roseanne. Is up for Best Sporting Actress. I don't get it, but okay. Uh, you know, that's just me. Don't get Get the why she's up for Best Sporting Actress. Oh, she's okay. Sheldon's mom. Oh, I, yeah. That's all you need. True. I mean, nothing against her. She did a fine job, but it wasn't. I was expecting something fantastic after mm-hmm. all. I heard all the buzz. She's also the mom in Toy Story. Wow. What else you got? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> for now. 
Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's good. It's good. It's set, it's set, uh, in the 90s or around 2000. I can't remember. But, you know, any, I like a little movie, you know, with not world changing stakes or whatever. It's just about one person. It is a high school movie. You know, she's, you know, a, a coming of age for a girl. It's probably exactly what happened to Greta Gerwig. You know, it's kind of feel going to the big city, leaving your family and, all this and I got I I know nothing about this movie, but I'm getting kind of a Rushmore vibe from it. Could you call it like no a Rushmore. female Rushmore? No, like I thought she's kind of a precocious. She's not that precocious. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she is. She's way more real than okay. that character. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it was very good. I liked it. Number nineteen. This is probably way too high, but I watched it recently, so it's high on my list. Patty cakes. I told you guys about with the dollar sign. Yes, this was the the rapping movie. <laughs> Floors me. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. That rap I, is not whack. I, that, the raps <laughs> no, weren't, weren't whack. They were silly, but they there was something I really liked that actress, and I I liked what they did. I liked her. I liked her not whack raps, <laughs> and it was just so it was just fun, and so you know it was crazy, but it was fun. Um, number 18, I, Tanya. Michael, you saw this. It, this is one of those weird movies that it's based on a real person that you actually feel sorry for her. Well, the whole deal is, the whole thing is from the, pers- from the stories that Tanya Harding told and Jeff Galuli told. So you're getting their perspective. Yeah. So you're not getting what really happened. I love right. that idea. It's a really good it. idea. It's, but in the way that it's done in her breaking the fourth wall, like, yeah, it's very well done movie. I thought the way she, I mean, just from the preview where she ha- pull, pulls a shotgun out and says, I did not do this. Yeah. So that's where you're getting what Jeff Galuli says happened. And, it, and it's like, yeah, it's, I don't like how the, how the effect necessarily it's having and like, making Tanya Harding look good, but that's, that's not the movie's job. Yeah. <clears throat> Their job, you know, the idea of the movie was to take interviews that you'd seen and stuff and just get, just tell the story from everybody's perspective there, except you Nancy Kerrigan's. <laughs> you didn't get Nancy Kerrigan's <laughs> uh, perspective. But you could see like some of it being truthful, I guess. Like, like oh yeah, some of it's gotta be and, true. Yeah. Like you could see how that would be the way it was. You, you yeah. see, and just seeing how she looked at things, you know, that were happening. And, and you don't know whether she, what she knew and what she didn't know. But And that that's definitely the kind of character I like in a story that is the more blue-collar underdog, you know, that does have the advantages of the other people. Absolutely. Out of water in a world she's not prepared for. Like, so I'm sure there's some sympathy involved in they that They did direction. not want her in that yeah. sport. They did everything to keep her out of it. Problem was, she was better than anybody. Very people, well. To this day, people can't do what she was doing. What was it? The triple triple, double? triple axle and the triple lutz. She still is the be- one yeah. of the best to ever do that. People don't do that. Very well acted. Yeah, Margot Robbie was great, except, you know, they tried to make her look bad. And she, yeah. you know, but she's Margot Robbie. She ain't Tanya Harding. And, uh, Allison Janney is probably gonna win best supporting actress. For her role as her mother, and I just I don't get that. It that it was, was a cartoonish like a, role. That's what I was gonna say. It was almost a character. Of, now they show the mom yeah. later, 
and she's just like that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you just because you can. I I don't think so. And there actually, was better performances this year. There was. I saw some Easter egg or something where like. In the beginning, where you see her skating, like at four years old, like it was actual footage of her skating or something know. like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, there is a star in this movie, though. His name's Paul Walter Hauser, and he plays Sean, who was her security guy. Oh lord! I was like, how have you not mentioned him yet, Michael? Did you not like that guy? He was amazing. Oh. That guy, in real life, I feel like this is this is how this guy was in real life. Like, he was. They showed totally, they showed you know, like a clip of him. Like uh, this was friend of Jeff's that was her that said he was he did security and he was did her was her security guy. He, he was stiff. nothing. He lived with his mom and he totally like convinced himself he really was this guy. He was thinking twelve steps ahead of everyone. Oh, he was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely, oh. he is worth watching this movie. It feels very Coen Brothers yeah. whole thing. Um, I want to point out, like half my list is still here, so I really did. I we're in like what your did top I tell 20, you? You said so I only 15. see the cream of the crop right now. I told you. I mean, <laughs> I do. I watch all these not. movies because I enjoy them anyway. I enjoy watch. I've enjoyed most of the stuff I watch, but it's because I want to find those hidden gems. And there weren't as many hidden gems this year. A lot of it was pretty obvious. Um, and there's not a lot you would have to convince me to watch. Like, I, I really want to see I, Tonya. And, like, there's a dozen movies that I can't wait to get around. I can't wait to get around to seeing is an oxymoron. But, yeah. So, right. yeah, there's nothing you've had to. Now, really, is that good? Like, I yeah, I'm we're very much on the same page here. Um, This one, I think you might have a little higher in your steps than me, but not much. Maybe a flip a spot or whatever. This is where I have. I, just, I didn't see Wonder. I didn't see Wonder Wheel. I did, I saw some of Wonderstruck, but didn't put it on my list because it was so terrible I couldn't watch the rest of it, but I did see Wonder Woman. Mm, my number four. That's, I figured that would be a little higher. Did anybody that's, see Wonder Wheel? Wonder Wheel, that's the, I doubt anybody saw it. That was I the Woody wa- Allen. Yeah, I just watched the trailer the other day. It looked interesting. Um. What would be he watches as many trailers as you watch movies. <laughs> I do. Almost, I watch trailers all the freaking time. Another movie he almost like, saw. If there was a channel, <laughs> well, everybody trailers. I would watch it all the time. Yeah. A lot of the people that were in it are giving their all money YouTube. back because of all the controversy yeah. about Woody Allen. So I skipped it. We did um, a huge. I, I love our episode uh, of our wonder. Yeah. The one that I wasn't a part of. <laughs> well, I, wouldn't either. I really like one. our episode review of Wonder Woman. Oh, was... yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it a second time. I haven't either. It's on HBO But just up. my memories of it are so good. And I think, like, I know there's problems and all his Aries, really. that Like, I could nitpick it still to this day. But just, again, again comparing it to these other movies, I just had to mo- keep moving it up yeah. the list. Because just... I just thought it did so much so well. Oh, we got the Blu-ray in my house. Oh, yeah, I, I know it's, if, like I said, it comes on HBO next week, I'll watch it again, and it might move up a little. But I just remember being loving the first two acts and the last act just being like, what happened to this that, movie? T- that happens so much to me in superhero movies that I almost forgive it. The problem is, I got, I, the problem is, we have suffered through all those superhero movies until this year. Yeah. 
And against the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's still a lot of what I'm telling you. on this list. That's what I'm saying. We, yeah. You called it last year when we did our 2017 preview. We, we were looking at what was coming up, and we were like, you know, the only thing we're worried about, finally, is Justice League. Mm. And turns out, you know, even that wasn't that bad. So this was a hot mm. year for some quality superhero movies. So it made this third act stick out to me. Mm. Uh, number 16 was Molly's Game. This is Aaron Sorkin adapted screenplay. He adapted from her, from Molly Bloom's book. Um, she's a real person that was a basically Olympic level skier and ended up getting out of the sport and getting involved in running a poker game for Leonardo DiCaprio and oh. Ben Affleck and Toby Maguire and Alex Rodriguez and Russian oligarchs. And, yeah, and Russian oligarchs. That, Was this in Trump Tower? Yes. Yeah. Um, played by Jessica Chastain. Aaron Sorkin's first directorial. You know, he he. I don't know if he's a good as a director as he's a writer, but it, it was good. It's got Idris Elba um, as her lawyer. I. It was really good, but. I have to, the reason it's this low, because I really thought it was good. I enjoyed the, the heck out of the movie. And just seeing, well, oh, I even forgot Michael Sarah. He's supposed to play like an amalgamation of all these guys. He's a little bit Leo, a little bit Tobey Maguire. He's Tobey Maguire. He's, he's doesn't look like him, but from, I've looked it up afterwards and the stuff from her book that she comes out and says, Toby, 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 Toby. This was the stuff this guy was doing. And Toby Maguire is an a-hole. <laughs> you know, but my biggest problem with oh, Kevin Costner plays her dad. And I don't like old Kevin Costner. I've not enjoyed anything he's done lately. And he is he terrible. He ruined Clark Kent. Now he's ruining yeah. Jessica. He is terrible dad now. That's his job. And there, there's a, a scene at the end of this that sucks so bad that I can't even believe it. It is like, it's very, Aaron Sorkin wrote The West Wing. I've always thought that was, it gets highly lauded and I hate, nobody talks that good. Nobody's that snappy. You know, it just doesn't happen and it, it's tiring to hear scripted words that don't sound like natural. And that's how that was. They had a talk that was just like, this is so ridiculous and ruining the movie for me, but still great stuff. She's great. I really think she's good and stuff. Number 15. Split. You didn't see it. Oh, but boom! It's that high for me. That was from this year. Yep. Wow. No, I did. I saw it on HBO one weekend. Oh, you did watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from this. That would have been about number (laughs) fourteen. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't like it. I watched it again, and I liked it more the second time. I thought he, James McAvoy, did a really good job. Five hundred movies on IMDb, and that was not listed. Yeah. It must be way down the star. Oh, probably. Rate. I just thought James McAvoy did a great job. I like Anya Taylor-Joy. I thought she did good. It's M. Night Shyamalan. I like the feel of his movies. It looked gorgeous. Like, there's so many cool-looking shots. And I said, looking down a spiral staircase and the camera move. Like, it's so... He's such a good director. Yeah. But that's all he's good at. Yeah. And the fact that I have never seen a movie sold as an entire different genre and pull that off as a horror movie, basically a horror thriller, 
and at the end find out it was a superhero movie. <laughs> you know, like that, they did it. And I think it would have been even, it would have been probably undeservingly, but higher on my list if I wasn't already spo- kind of spoiled for the end. So. Michael. I need to watch that. But it's, it's neat. I just love the idea of it. I love, I'm excited about it. Unbreakable is one of my favorite movies and the fact that he got to twist it in there somehow. Number 14 was Brawl, Cell Block 99. I told you guys about. I wondered if this would be on your list. Still on Prime. You can watch it for free. Super violent. <laughs> watch the trailer for it. <laughs> Super violent. Vince Vaughn. I like good the John job. Denver part. <laughs> By the guy that did Bone Tomahawk, told you, <laughs> 70s style original soundtrack. He beats up a car. <laughs> he just beats up a car. Street Fighter Two style. It was. I was just like, you beat that car up, Vince. He and then, and, and, and I have he here noted. I have car. noted that it, when it was ending, I went in and my son said, "You yelled the f word a lot <laughs> at the end." I was like, "I know. I couldn't help it." This is like. On the edge of my seat, like how crazy it was. It was fun. Very fun movie. Number 13. Spider-Man colon homecoming. My number five. Right behind Wonder Woman, barely. Yeah. I mean, we talked the crap out of that movie. It was great. I don't know if I'm as head over heels about... The kid is everybody else, but I do like him. He's the you know he's the best Spider-Man so far. Yeah, I think they finally got Spider-Man. And right. I think you know, best villain possibly yeah. Marvel's ever had. Michael Keaton was incredible as the Vulture, and that car scene when he goes when he goes to their house that was super surprising. And that car, the tension in the car when driving them to dance and stuff just. Let's not forget sexy Aunt May. <laughs> and high-waisted Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Number 12. It. Oh, yeah. We know you watched it. We were trying to podcast when you were watching it. <laughs> I, just, like, I just wish it was scarier. Like I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a great adaptation. Yeah. Andy Machete killed it. That guy, I mean, casting through that movie was crazy. And it was so good that this next one I'm, like, yeah. super excited about. I think, I mean, it sounds like he's going to get, like, possibly Jessica Chastain to play Bev and Idris Elba to play Mike. And, I mean, these are real possibilities now that that movie was so good. I think what made it not as good was the hype building up to it of people saying so much of, Oh, this is so good. This is so dark. This is so creepy. That I didn't, he, I didn't I, know well, anything before I saw it other than you saying it was I good. heard that a lot like going into it, so I was waiting for that. And you it watched never, it opening night, I think. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, but it just well, it didn't it didn't meet uh, my expectations. Okay. Number eleven Wind River. This was Taylor Sheridan. Three years in a row he's been all around my top ten. He had Sicario, he wrote Hell or High Water, he wrote, and this is his first time directing what he wrote, was Wind River. It felt like a graphic novel. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Hawkeye. Um, Sounds like a graphic novel. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye. Was Avengers what it was. West Coast. We're gonna it, do it. It was, yeah. Um, but Jeremy Renner, this is one of the best things he's done. I mean, as good as he was, though, the only thing I made it's just set in Alaska. It would have been a little better if he wasn't a white guy playing his character because it just stuck out. It made sense. She was, she was the fish out of water coming there as the FBI agent assigned to this case. And he has to show her the ropes because he's native to the land, even though he's not. He's just this white dude. And so, but he still gave a really good performance. And there's a twist far into the movie of the way they decided to show things that would just knock my socks off. I I loved the surprise of what happened. So this is a really good atmospheric movie trying to figure out what happened to a murdered girl. Another another good movie from him. Number 10. This squeaked into my top 10. We are now, ladies and gentlemen, to the top 10. That's right. Drum 2017. Roll. How long did it take to get to the top 10? Oh, yeah. not quite two hours. A little under. <laughs> Cliff is dying. You can go home, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had anything to say. You might have seen some of these movies, though. Number 10, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This I will definitely see because I watched the trailer for it. This is the other movie that yeah. I think has a shot for Best Picture. And it does, uh, like, it looks so good. It's, uh, it seems to be right in the zeitgeist of the, you know, female empowerment, mm. like where, where Hollywood is right now. So yeah, I can It's up for see. Best Pick, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Sporting act, Actor, uh, Best Original Screenplay, Best Score. Francis McDormand is great. And this is based on a true story, right? No. No? Not that I'm aware of. Oh. Nope. I don't think so. It okay. might be something, but I don't, not that it hasn't been advertised like that. Okay. Um, Francis McDormand is great. Woody's great. Um, Sam Rockwell's great. It's this low because it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie, so I can't. It's this low. Whatever. Obviously, I loved it. But it just gets ridiculous. And you could, it really sticks out. I looked up to see what the deal was with the writing. It was written like eight years ago. And as female empowerment as it is, it is really sloughed over as far as, this is a pre-Black Lives Matter movement. You know, um, there's been a lot of talk about that. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I, I really like it. And I just thought the third act is, Kind of ridiculous. But still, still great movie. Absolutely watch it. She's phenomenal. Um, I don't, I wouldn't want to spoil it. There's one moment where her and Woody Harrelson are in an interrogation room and it's just like one of the best moments of the year. And it was ad-libbed what she said. Um, very, a very surprise. You'll remember this when you're watching it. He's talking to her and a very surprising thing happens. And the way they act off each other is so good. Loved it. It's the way you somebody would react when you in that moment. It was good. Uh number nine. Michael's favorite movie ever. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. <laughs> this was my number one. Number one. I absolutely do love this movie. I know what either your number two or three is. I, there were a I lot know of what great, your numbers two and three I, are. I just there, there's so many great movies this year that I looked at the list and was like, which one did I just 
have fun? Which one did I just enjoy? Which one put a smile right, on my yeah. face? And this whole movie, I was just on board. So, I, yeah. I love it. I can't say it was an easy choice, but it was, it was my number one. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it again since, since the theater. You know, I, I, I love the movie. It's great. It's up for best editing, best sound mixing, of course, for obvious reasons. I think it, I think when I watched it again, I kind of had the same feeling the first time. About 15 minutes in, it dies a little bit because it starts so strong. And then, but it does not take long to pick back up. But that, that's, I mean, that's a very, minute detail i i really i love it i don't really have much bad to say about it not really much bad left to say about these movies these are the top 10 they're all all good number eight i'm sure is probably your two or three get out my number two yeah i watched i've watched this again it's up for best picture best director best original screenplay best actor daniel kaluuya and i thought he was he made the movie as jordan peele directorial debut he was awesome it's awesome it's a great mixed genre horror slash dark comedy slash message movie yeah the my list was basically these two movies get out and baby driver and then everything else yeah and i i looked at it and i again i thought you know get out's probably a better film in the long run 50 years from now but i'd said baby driver was just a better experience mm. So yeah, those two were right neck and neck. So uh, again, ask me in a week, maybe I'll yeah. say something. They're my nine and eight. They're yeah, right basically. beside each other. They're very. I mean, I enjoyed the heck out of both. Of them. It, yeah. How do you compare the two movies? Like yeah. they have nothing really to. These to have my top ten contrast. moved all over. Yeah. Everything switched places over the last few weeks. Uh, and that's where I get my number seven. This is just strictly fun. I just ha- I enjoyed this so much. Both. I mean, I've seen it a couple times now. Guardians of the Galaxy two. My number six. Yeah. Uh, it's just gorgeous. Another great villain. Everybody's good in it. The ending's so good. Uh, just, I mean, we covered this. I don't know what else there is to say. It's, That'd be probably at the, probably toward the top of Cliff's list of non-Disney movies this year, I would guess. Non- this is Disney. Well, non-Disney <laughs> Disney. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to include you, Cliff. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see if you're like, this is my favorite or anything. Uh, we've, uh, yeah. we've done reviews on all these. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's not much to say about it. It was great. Um, <laughs> when they, when they, when the chain, Fleetwood Mac chain kicks in, I've watched that, I've watched that from there to the end three or four times now. <laughs> um, and it's only the second most Mary Poppins movie this year. Uh, my number six. Is probably your number three, Logan. That was my number seven. Oh, it was um, right behind Guardians. Okay, stop. Don't don't spoil anything. But you can talk about Logan if you want. I just yeah. Well, I looked at again. I I had Guardians a lot lower, and then I had Logan a lot higher, and then I just thought, I I just I want to if I wanted to rewatch one, and I thought I ran out the week Guardians came out on Blu-ray. I went and bought it. I didn't do yeah. that for Logan. Right. So I'm like, I obviously something about this movie. Yeah. So I had to bump it up. But again, Logan could be any of those top couple spots. But G- Guardians is on Netflix right now, and Logan is on HBO. Right. I have watched Guardians multiple times. I've attempted to watch Logan once and not gotten like 20 minutes into it. Yeah. I I just 
I agree. These have flip-flopped for me. They're right beside each other on my list, and they have changed places multiple times. But I watched Logan recently, and it's just like, the pieces are too good. The She's too good. You know, the three of them together are too good. You know, just the... I just love it. I love the moments in it. The physicality of, like, the fight scenes and everything in Logan. Finally, those blades going into people, you know. Her, just the way she talked when she talked, she's perfect casting. And he getting to see him go all out, I don't know. I just loved it. Um, Number five. It's Blade Runner 2049. That was the last couple fan uh, requests. Again, Corey Spanner, he he had Lady Bird and Blade Runner were his tie. And I also had my friend Reese Chirilla chipped in with Blade Runner as his numero uno. Yeah, this I saw went until twice in theaters. And Blade, the original Blade Runner is one I know is one of his favorite films. So uh, you know, he he, I'm sure it was a high bar to cross for him to really get. And I think it's better than the original. Um. If you got a sci-fi, you know, thing you want to bring back, pick Denny Villanueva. I don't know how to say his name. He's he did Arrival. Gugino. Gugino. Yes, he did Arrival. Sicario. He's going to do Dune. Um, this movie's just gorgeous and so good. The story's so good. Harrison Ford is good. Way better than the original. Ryan Gosling's great. It's. I loved it. I really loved the movie. Um, it's up for all kinds of cinematography stuff. Number four, The Big Sick. I just love the movie, and it's my most recommendable movie. Everyone I've recommended it to has loved it. There's it's, very few movies that I'll rewatch more than once, and that's actually on my list of movies. I think I've seen it three times now. Yeah. Wow. All the girls at work just watch I've it. And they've all bought it, watched it. They, yeah. And I still want a, I still want a t-shirt that says I got levels. <laughs> it's got the best joke of the year. You know, that whole, uh, Ray Romano asking him about nine, wants to talk to somebody about nine eleven. I mean, that's just the best. It's just a, and that it's a true story and all great performances. Just it's up for best original screenplay. I so hope it wins. That's, I want that one them to win that's the one that's the I, word i'd like I want to hear most. his i'd like to hear the speech yeah yeah i would love i want that so bad um number three i think i mentioned this t- to michael this you guys have, have not heard me say anything about it probably other than once to michael this is one of the gems i found in there that don't even watch it because i don't want to hear what you think of it ghost a ghost story yes it's, watch the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need to watch. Don't even watch the movie. I'm not not recommending it. I've seen it four times. I own it. I want. It's got Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. It's. It should only be watched a second time. <laughs> I saw a reviewer say that, and I was like, "You are exactly right." Mm. I want. I was excited. I, I mean, I was excited at one point, thinking this is interesting, and I went sat down and watched it. And right as I finished it, Nick came walking in the front door. He's like, you have a weird look on your face. I was like, I think I just watched a good movie. 
And he's like, well, I like good movies. I was like, well, I'm ready to watch it again. So I watched it again, and I got so much more out of it watching the second time. I knew what more to look for, I guess, even though it's not really a hidden message movie. I just got more details that really brought it out for me. It's about a guy that dies. He dies very early in the movie. Him and his wife. and Patrick, he, Patrick Swayze. Right. It's Ghost. It's Ghost Story. Okay, good. I would, I'd compare these movies so heavily. Okay. A lot of... A lot of Whoopi Goldberg references, but he he die he dies and he's in the hospital. And she pulls the sheet over him, and then he sets up, and, you know, and he's a ghost now. And he has Casey Affleck is a ghost. It's crazy, man. But he never speaks. <laughs> oh, good. Like Casey Affleck is worst quality of speaking. So that's a good. That's good. He's good. I know there's a lot of controversy about him. He was great in Manchester by the Sea. And but anyway, once he dies, he doesn't speak again. He is a ghost with a sheet over him and two eyes poked out for eyeholes. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if you do that, if you sat there and saw that and laughed, get up and leave because you won't be able to enjoy it. It's that's literally. No, I, I'm laughing at the audacity. Oh, I know. Of it. I know. I, I, that's, that's. I know. Great. I don't mean it like that. I'm just yeah. saying there are people that would take it like that and be like, yeah. This is stupid, yeah. and it, you wouldn't be able to enjoy it. It is a very atmospheric, serious movie about death and how what goes, what happens after you die. You know, life moves on, and some people can't. You know, it, it, is there? You know, we don't know what happens. It, you know, does she see the ghost? No. Okay, and That's it's more interesting, right? And it's all just him observing life going on. And the soundtrack, or the score, or whatever, is amazing. There's uh, the guy that did the sound for it. He has a band and wrote a song, and the director ended up listening to it, put it in the movie in a way that is really well done. I mean, I wouldn't want to spoil anything for it. And I'm not, I really don't even think anybody, you guys would like it. I think it's just too ridiculous to see him standing there in a sheet for, you know, but I ate it up. Um, I, I don't want to spoil anything about it. It's it's really it's there's a mon- there's hardly any talking in it. I mean, she this sounds crazy, but this she eats a pie, an enti- basically an entire pie for almost five minutes. You just watch her eat a pie, <laughs> and as ridiculous everything about this sounds great. And as ridiculous <laughs> as that sounds, and he just stands there and watches her with a sheet on, and it is such grief. Is so good because there, there's an acting exercise. I don't know what where I saw this in a movie or something, but th- there's a, a thing you're supposed to do: get up on stage and act like no one's watching. Right. If like you got home from work, what do you do when you walk in your house? And oh yeah, acting is so phony. Oh man, I, and it's like, right. well, I'm here. I'll take my purse off and put it here. So like, I, I'm imagining such a naturalistic, like voyeuristic. You're right. So that that she sounds so good. That sounds she terrific. Walks over. I mean, this is obviously shortly out. This is very early in the movie. I don't mind saying. Walks over, you know, pops open the trash to throw something in it and just looks in the trash for like four or five seconds. And you know she's seen something, some trash he threw in there possibly. You know, it's just so, ugh. She's great. He's, he doesn't have to do anything. He's going to walk around a sheet. <laughs> like, I mean, it's him, but it's, it doesn't matter. That It's not him doing anything. It, 
it's just so good. And there's a monologue partway through that's very sticks out because there's hardly any talking in the movie, and you're just like. I don't want to say it spoon feeds the movie to you. It, you know, I like it, the monologue. The guy gives it just some rando and just again about life and death. And there's little touches that I'll say in a future podcast. There's something that really stuck out to me later in later viewings, but I loved it. Obviously it's number three. I've watched four times. I own it. Is it in your bag? It's not in my bag. It was at one point. I, don't I just re-listened to that podcast. Uh, we were doing top yeah. something of the year, and everything you recommended, you pulled out of your bag. Yeah. Has anyone seen this? I'll give it to you. Yeah, I did. I I would have brought it if I thought of it. Okay, only two left. Number I know two. one of them. Yeah, you should know one of them. It's number two. Huh? The Last Jedi. Ba, ba, ba. My number three. Your number three. That's what I was gonna say. I had to bend the other one there. Um, yeah, we wore that out. It's great. <laughs> I, I mean, somebody Luke st- walks around with a sheet over. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. A lot. Red salt. Nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans, but that's not me. I guess I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I loved it. I think we all did. You, you didn't know? love it, number one, though. I didn't love it, number one. <laughs> I, again, I don't know how, where this would be on my list without our discussions. The way yeah. we hashed this out made, made me say, like, you know it. what? That was really, like, yeah. you know, that I I credit this podcast with helping me parse <laughs> I, out exactly oh, how much I like this. That's why I enjoy talking. I would talk about this with, you know, you guys anyway. We weren't recording, but, you know, and that's how I get. I'm, I want to know everybody's opinion. It shapes. I don't notice everything. I need to hear what other people saw in a movie. We loved it. My number one movie. And, you know, again, it wasn't always number one. It's moved around. Ghost Story was number one for many months. Last Jedi took over, even though I saw this movie before it. Um, I'm drawing a blank. But then this one just came back. I can't stop thinking about this movie. The Florida Project. Uh, It's, if you don't know anything about it, What's the trailer? You're going to be like, what are you talking about? It's just the the trailer is so depressing. It's a movie that I feel like I would really enjoy, but just watching the trailer, like, I can already feel me crying inside. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> That's all I need. Michael is so it. attuned, he can get the same level of depression of a full-length movie in yeah. just a two-minute trailer. <laughs> yeah, see, they, they're not making their money off of him. You don't have time to mess around. He's just going. Just that's emotional. a great I, I mean should have got something for cinematography it's up for only award is best supporting actor Willem Dafoe is the best thing he's ever done because he always plays the villain because he's yeah. so weird looking and he's just a he's a just fake. a guy that like is the maintenance guy at the hotel he's a Hollywood I mean, like four but a Florida like eight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyways I don't even know what that means yeah. but. he's great um, but the standout is the performances in this that really get it for me and there's a little girl. All the kids are good in it. Yeah. There's a little girl in the same Brooklyn Prince, and she is awesome. Um, it's a the movie is about. Cliff's probably heard a little bit about this movie. Yeah, it's very Disney related. You know, it's not anti Disney. I want to be very clear about that. It is not. And the problems they talk about in this movie, Disney's very involved in helping fix in the area. Mm-hmm. Because these are, this is a string of motels out just outside of Disney. Disney is in the background 
of this movie everywhere. They don't they don't talk about Disney in the movie, right. but Disney is always there in the background. But this is these are Indeed it is. these are most, uh, this is about a motel, but a string of motels there that are all named after Disney type things like uh, Arabian place or you know or what you know. Just it's all trying to make money off of tourists. Tourists are like book rooms. Come stay there. Think I'm not. This isn't Disney. This is near Disney. Do they use the name Disney? No. Okay. They they use kind of a generic. Yeah. Okay. It's and they. But what it happened is it turned into basically slum places. This is where homeless people pay by the week to live there, and which. Unfortunately, and this might be why I can't watch it because I don't think I've ever dwelled into that. But during our stay when I lived in Florida, right, we stayed in some of those hotels. Yeah. <laughs> so. it's they had like a lot of like they went down there. This Sean Baker made this movie. He he became got any kind of fame, which is not really much. Directing a movie um, called Tangerine last year. It's on Netflix. It's totally shot on an iPhone. And now he did this. This is much better, I think. But it's – they went down the beginning of the summer and lived there all summer making this movie, got to know the people. They didn't want to feel like they were taking advantage of them and everything. So they were kind of accepted into the community. And um, But they're making a movie to show this story of the hidden homeless, they call it. But, you know, these people that live there and in the shadow of Disney, the rest of us go there for the Mecca. You know, and they're so close to it and they're, but they can't, they can't afford to go in and it follows these kids. It's from kids perspective, really, of just like, no matter how crappy your life is as a kid, you don't know it. You don't, you don't know what's going on. You're, you're having fun, finding fun and anything that's going on. And it's just dig it up. Michael Knight. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's just a beautiful movie. And yeah. she's amazing. Brooklyn Prince is awesome. Um, That's really interesting because I've thought about stuff like that before in regards to come to Jamaica, come to the Bahamas, stay on our five-star resort. Right. And you know that's so phony yep. that it's just a square mile of paradise mm-hmm. and is. everything around it is being drained of its resources. And I've never thought about that as an American story too. Like That's, yeah. that's a um, – Orlando, the Orlando area is very interesting in that fact that it's a major American city that is based on tourism. Well, there aren't a lot of tech jobs. There's not a lot of manufacturing. There's not a lot of high income jobs in the area. So you have, you know, a place like Walt well, Disney World that employs 65,000 people that make $15 or less an hour and they have families and you know they struggle and right now there's a major um, a major labor problem going on there where um, they're threatening to strike all these different unions that are in place at theme parks um, trying to get not even a what I would consider not even a livable wage and you know we joke around about what's going to happen because we have Disney World getting ready to open Star Wars land and if all these people decide to strike what's you know 
Disney going to do at this point? Well, a while back ago, out in Disneyland, that's in California. California. Right? Um, one of my friends worked at, I'm, I'm trying to remember this correctly, but I think it was, he worked as a puppeteer and with a group of, and there was a union dispute. Mm-hmm. And rather than try to work it out, they just shut the attraction down completely and fired everyone. Yeah, because what happens is the minute, um, the minute the, the unions get what they're asking for, it doesn't affect Walt Disney World or Disneyland. It affects the entire, um, the entire group of theme parks across the country because as soon as that happens, Universal's gonna go for it. SeaWorld's gonna want in. Bush Gardens, Tampa, all these different places, it, it, it can just immediately affect a lot of different things. Yeah, and I'm sure that's not just the Disney problem. Like, you know, you think of Las Vegas or something. Right. Where right. it's all high rollers and glitz that's, and glamour. Yeah. But there's all tons of waitresses and busboys. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, there's got to be the servant class. Yeah. Of any, of high, anything high class, there has to be kind of an underbelly. That's this. That's, and these, these people, it's just shining a light. The movie shines a light on those people. You know, and this is just an example of it. And again, like I said, it is not anti-Disney. Disney's always there. And, they may some show some hate for it here or there, but that's not what it's about. It's not, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it makes Disney look bad at all. It just shines a light on what's going on. And the, the trailer, like the end of the tra- trailer, if you've ever seen it, the girl and her, I mean, this girl, the, the Brooklyn Prince was, was six years old when they made this. She was, you know, was a child actor trying, you know, she's may have done some plays or something. I don't know, but she, she's great. The uh, one other girl, the guy, director just found in Walmart. He was like, "Hey, we're trying to." He wanted real people, and he, he was, was like, went up to him and said, "Hey, you want to come try out for this?" People don't even know if he's real or not. Uh, the girl, I got Willem Dafoe in the van outside. Right, right, <laughs> come right. on. And the girl that plays the mom, a young mom, um, he found on Instagram. He just saw some video she did and was like, gosh, this is the kind of thing I want. And then finally he was just sent her a message. I want to come down and let's just see. And so all this mix of all these new actors, actresses and Willem Dafoe, it's, and just the way they mesh together and him doing something he's never really done, playing such a regular guy who has to deal with all these people. He's running this place. He doesn't own it, but he's running it. He has to balance everything. He cares about them, but he can't get too involved because people come and go around there. Um, anyway, the trailer is really, it's a great point of the whole movie is there is a rainbow. And they talked about filming it. He wanted to have a rainbow in it for this shot, but there actually was a rainbow one day. And they said, right now is the shot. We're doing it. And it's the two girls together and the one, they're just like talking about, Let's go to the end of the rainbow and they just like, let's go. And they run off to it. And that's Disney. They're there. They could see it, but they can't get there. You know, it's great. I loved it. I, it's, you can't watch it. I mean, just this week you can buy it digitally. Um, it'll be rentable next week. And then, and I'm probably, I mean, I'll sure I'll buy the Blu-ray. It's great. My favorite movie. So how many movies, movies was that? 70 what? I watched 91. 91. Out of those 91 movies, I've watched 20. Pretty good. I had 11. 
Okay, Jordan was 16, 16 I think. Man, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's it. <laughs> I know, it was long. I think we have done a record in podcast. Yeah. In one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's now morning. It's, it's uh, only 20 to 4. And Does yeah. anybody work tomorrow? No. Nope. I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is probably your bedtime right about Uh, now. I'd be nestled in with a comic book reading, oh. going to sleep probably. <laughs> well, guys, I, this was a great year for movies. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know the Oscars. You know, they 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 might reward the right one or the wrong one, but I think as a whole, that's a pretty strong. You, your top fifty are all recommendable. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, I was happy with it. Sign us off, Michael. We've been doing a lot. <sighs> Hashtag. Hold on. Oh yeah. Uh, Coco Cliff. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. <right> Almost <laughs> saw it. <laughs> or John Denver's year. John Denver's year. Almost oh, saw it pretty good. Oh, I yeah. like Coco Cliff. I like Coco Cliff too. Yeah. I don't know. There's got it's saying it hurts to not do some John Denver. There was a lot of John Denver. <laughs> uh, either, yeah, almost saw it. Or John Denver is a little more applicable to the mm. conversation. Yeah, I agree. I just want Coco Cliff on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, no guys. Way. Um, we'll be surprised. You don't know your name? I was, forgot. <laughs> I was coming up. Struggle. I was trying to say something to the effects of, guys, it's the end of the night. You got to go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Mm. And as always, I'm the most illustrious Michael K. Easton. I am Remington Woodchuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're almost to 100 episodes. Mm. And that's pretty amazing. Coco Cliff. <laughs> and that's Coco Cliff. I'm the most movie watchingest person here. Bye forever. We could we could top a hundred if we did four more. Times. Yeah, keep it going. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. That just totally... Why didn't we talk about Carrie the Musical on Riverdale? The upcoming episode. Carrie the Musical? Yes! They're doing a musical episode... About Carrie, Carrie the music, not the movie, the musical. Cheryl plays Carrie. That's awesome. I'm sure. How the we will talk happen. about that. The How next- the f- I not remember that. I even wrote it down. <laughs> we will. Well, we only had twenty minutes. We're talking. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about a musical that was a total flop. Okay, that actually had a song about something about um, pig's blood. Sure. Yeah. Pig, pig, blood, blood, blood. Like, that's the song. Right. Gosh, I'm mad. <laughs> but there's always the, there's always the next episode of Riverdale. Fired up! God! That's the great thing about Riverdale. There's always more. There's always more of it, that's right. Okay, back in here.